Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, May 5th, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 301. This is No Agenda. Keeping all of our campaign promises and coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower, Crackpot Command Center, Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. Yay, in the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, it's time to celebrate because... It's Sanko de Mayo. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. <laughs> Not only that, but it's uh, Liberation Day in Gitmo Nation Lowlands. So, yeah, in the morning to you, everybody. In the morning to you, John. In the morning to you, and in the morning to all ships at sea and all feet in the air. Yeah, boots on the ground and uh, wingmen in stealth and, helicopters. And shots in the eye. Yes. <laughs> And two to the head. Talked about eyeball shots before. We're way ahead of the game. Yeah, two to the head and one to the chest. That's right. Well, slow news week, everybody. Real bummer. Uh, no news? Well, I actually, I, I want to thank uh, Leon Panetta and the CIA operatives and everyone who was a part of the military-industrial intelligence complex who have provided me personally with some of the funniest, most entertaining, great television I have been able to watch in years. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it. It's just been great. I, I mean, I have not watched so much mainstream television and enjoyed myself so much in, in just a long time. I'm glad you had a good time doing that. I th- I'm just annoyed that they did this whole uh, this whole uh, Broadway play. Mm-hmm. After we did the show on Sunday, which kind of just, I thought, took away from our 300th episode. Uh, well, it did in a way. It took away Of course, from- then they stepped all over uh, <laughs> Trump by coincidence, too, which I thought was funny. Well, what was so at first I was also like, oh, man, you've got to be kidding me. Seriously, this is what you're going to do. You're going to take the sheen off of our episode 300 by doing this like hours after after our show. And then I was actually quite happy. Because if we had had a show uh, following on this uh, Osama bin Laden assassination, uh, oh, I'm sorry, we're not allowed to say his name anymore. Anderson Vanderbilt Cooper is no longer saying his name. Did you realize, did you uh, hear about this? No, tell me yeah, what no, that's all about. He's saying, like, I'm no longer going to speak his name. I don't want to speak his name anymore out of respect. Because right, just... he keeps saying Obama instead of Osama <laughs> like half the broadcasters do. <laughs> it's so crazy. I have a, um, I have a medley. <laughs> of Obama's? Yeah, I have a... I have oh, a... the one that Howard Stern put together? No, this is... Uh, I'm not quite sure where I got this one from. Uh, Stern did a pretty elaborate one. But let, let, can I say one interesting little thing about this? And by the way, I had a couple of clips. I didn't put them in here where, where uh, uh, Rush Limbaugh was doing it. And I was doing it. In fact, I made a post on the blog and I put Obama. I wrote it instead of Os- Osama. But here's what's, what we're talking about for people listening is that... You people just they keep transliterating the name Osama and Obama. Yeah. And here's what's interesting: Fox News is the only ones who kind of dealt with this from the beginning. They required all the the only usage of o- Osama to be spelled with a U. Well, it's uh, it, you know this is very interesting. Um, Fox News spelling it with a U, and in Sweden they are spelling it all of a sudden L A D I N. Which, of course, means that, you know, it wasn't actually the Osama bin Laden <laughs> that we think it was that was killed. It was some other guy. Osama. 
I don't think I don't think Fox did it. <laughs> this is like the episode of the of Thirty Rock where she's where they're using a Lazuck. Yeah, <laughs> you sure this Lazuck thing is going to work? Here's a forty-two second medley. Are saying that Obama was be- uh, sorry, Osama. I'm sorry. He unveiled details that have never before been heard about how Obama was killed. So, after decades of searching and a worldwide manhunt, federal agents discovered Obama's secret location. Back in August, they got a possible lead on where Obama might be hiding. It was so emotional to find out that, in fact, Obama, uh, Osama bin Laden had been caught. It started when Obama took office. He directed the head of the CIA to make killing Obama their number one priority. We still like, ladies and gentlemen, if Obama's dead, I don't care. Uh, Osama bin Laden is dead. That's Geraldo at the end there. So Fox News uh, didn't do too well. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I always thought it was kind of interesting that Osama, Obama, you know, that the name was so close. I always wondered what that was about. And I guess now we know. <laughs> just to befuddle the media? What do you mean? Yeah, probably. Just to confuse everybody. Yeah, I'm sure there's some some thinking behind it. And it's be- annoying because, I mean, I did it myself a n- number of times, and it was just as... I haven't... It hasn't happened with me. I'm sorry. I don't know. It just... I don't have uh, this issue. You know, is I'm more you are. I'm evolved. Um, so before we get into what this is all about, because, of course, it doesn't matter. It makes no difference whatsoever. And I'm so happy that we, again, that we didn't have our show because we would, John, you and I would have just sat here and we, you know, there's so much to pull apart. There's yeah, no, so I agree. We lies. have actually two. I know what I already know. I'll tell, warn people in advance. In fact, I think we should go in and credit our uh, executive producers right off the top. Do here. that first. That's a good idea. Because okay. uh, I want to warn everybody in advance that Adam and I have not really talked about this. No, no, we have not talked and about we, it at all. And so we haven't, uh, we have probably slightly differing theories, which will come to pretty much kind of the same conclusions, but, but they'll be you, different you, you, angles. How do you know? You don't know what my conclusion is. You have no uh, idea. It's gonna, I, I, you're going you're gonna to be presented with the same evidence I am, and if at some point we, we tend to... We'll we see. T- except we'll I see. think I have we'll a slightly see. different... We'll see. And, we'll see. It, uh, who cares what you think? We'll, we'll see. If it, what, I'm just explaining to people what they're going to have to endure. Uh-huh. And uh, so it's going to be a long with a bunch of obscure information that I don't know why. <laughs> yes, that's true. There's a lot of obscure information that, that I think you and I both have picked up on pre May 2nd that starts to explain a lot of what's going on. I believe that uh, the news media has really dropped the ball and they are essentially running essentially a, a, a pretty a much one, a psyops program. They're running two or three games that they're they're trying to do. They're trying to discredit the Pakistanis and to get for whatever reason. Stop. Stop now. I have my reasons too, but let's do our producers first. Okay, uh, you're, we, already, we you're exactly. already getting into. We have to. We got to drag people all the way to the end before we <laughs> tell them what's going on. Come on, we got to have some laughs first. There's plenty to laugh about. You mean like these pictures of the war room or whatever that was? <laughs> no, 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 I got, there's much more. ABC and News. And Hillary is holding her mouth. Oh my God, she's looking like she's. Gonna Excuse die. me. Let me just let me just get this out of the way right now. Hillary is not holding her mouth as in, oh, my God, she's yawning. She's bored. <laughs> Trust me on this. You look at it really, really closely. She's not doing an, oh, my God. She's like, can I go right into the sex party now? She could also be trying to suppress laughing. Yeah, so, true, true. I, I'll go with that one. So we have some executive producers today's show. Uh, 
excuse me, I want to thank him, Stephen McGrath in uh, Naperville, Illinois, uh, uh, with no uh, particular uh, message that I could find. Maybe he sent me an email. Uh, but he's now a uh, 1111.11 night. Wow, awesomeness. And so he came in with $1,111.11 for the uh, special celebration, which will take place on 11-11-11, which is the only time this is going to happen in uh, within the next thousand years or so. Niccolo Cress, uh, Clarkson, Western Australia, Australia, please send some karma to me and some for my ex-boyfriend, Andreas Leinemann, who put me on. Sorry. You've got... Karma. Didn't mean to cut you off there. I just wanted to make sure we got the karma out. She appreciates the great work, and uh, she uh, uh, is the first one of the one of the first. Well, although we're going to do a lot of uh, back crediting for people who gave three thirty three thirty three in celebration of show three thirty three, which is coming up in thirty three episodes. Right on. A smiley face in uh, Jovid, Upland, Norway, 321. Please just call me smiley face because I'm listening to No Agenda. It makes me smile. Thanks for keeping me sane and death to the new world order. Smiley face from Norway. <laughs> right on. <laughs> or whatever the death to the new world order. Death. We have a couple members of the 301 Club. Uh, Sir Spitzer in Jamaica Plains, Massachusetts. And... Uh, Paul from Louisiana, although he shows up as Mobile Alabama on the on the uh, PayPal account, executive credit should go to Gal Holiday and the Honky Tonk Review. Oh, hold on a second. Let me change that. <laughs> Gal uh, Holiday Gal. and the Honky Tonk Review. Apparently he gets out a little bit, more than we do. I've been a longtime douchebag and don't deserve to get a de-douching. I love the show, but I have nothing good to say, so I'm giving my executive producer credit to Gal <laughs> And I have a sound. They have a sound that conjures Patsy Cline, a Johnny Cash attitude with reverence for Merle Haggard. Merle, Bob, Merle, Merle. Or Haggard. Bob Willis. They've Errol. won Best Country Band and Album from Offbeat Magazine. Do, do you know how Duke elitist Con- you sound when you say Merle Haggard? I mean, I, I made mean, a mistake. I don't pronounce it Merle it's normally. Merle. I'm reading it's from Merle. the page. I know how it's Merle. Merle I've heard Haggard. It. I've heard his songs. I've got a bunch of his albums on. on uh, <laughs> I have page. all the Lawrence Welk albums. So anyway, so you're going to call me out every time I have a typo? No, but come on, Merle Haggard. Best country band from Big Easy Awards. They're uh, apparently they're out of uh, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get some gigs around the West Coast. <laughs> so uh, Adam, can you help them? Yeah, I think the whiskey would be just right for him. <laughs> Francine Hardaway, Phoenix, Arizona, three hundred bucks, and that that concludes. We have all executive producers. That's so nice of Francine to show up again. She's been uh, quite supportive of the show. In the, She's, in uh, the yeah, she is good. We had this, uh, the women are, are uh, we got th- two women executive producers on this show. She's also uh, involved in the te- technological aspect of the No Agenda News Network uh, dot com stuff. Oh, good. Yeah, she's like a, a geek. It's kind of cool. Uh, well, this is good. Uh, so we have some support. Very nice to see uh, Stephen McGrath. Of course, we'll be uh, knighting him later on today. A couple of um, PR mentions before we get into the show. Uh, Rhino the Bearded has uh, uh, put up his school project, which uh, he sent a very long note. Uh, but somehow he finagled his school project into being a no agenda promotion, <laughs> which is we encourage, by the way. This is a very good initiative. Uh, if you go to noagendacovers.com, uh, you can cover yourself in no agenda with uh, all kinds of, I guess he's doing t-shirts 
and uh, you can uh, get album covers. There's a whole bunch of different options there. Make sure you check that out. A couple of other domain name forwards, twosmartpeople.com, now forwarding to noagendashow.com, which I thought was kind of nice. Um, there appears to be a new top-level domain name, and so now uh, the following two domain names are pointing to noagendashow.com. Uh, Adam Curry dot is a son of a bitch dot co and John C. Dvorak dot is a son of a bitch dot co. Didn't well, know that dot co is not is not new. Oh, of course, it's a it's a it's a sec, it's a subdomain and it's a son of a bitch. Got it. OK, I'm sorry. That's all right. It's still interesting. Uh, not as interesting, though, maybe as uh, the following domain, which is forwarding to our show, LuciferClinton.com. Amazing no one took that Ooh, one. That's a good one. That's a very good one. Uh, William was pretty smart. He said, uh, you know, I, I realized that uh, mistypings are very important to grab those domain names. So he got us noagendashoe.com. Yeah, actually, I wanted to bring this up because I occasionally re- I type a couple. You know, everybody does it. You mistype something. And next thing you know, you're on a, a phony site that yeah. pretends to be the other site. Right. And so people are mistyping constantly. So mistyped... Uh, Domain names forwarding to the No Agenda show is a, is not a bad way to go. I know it has a, a a double entendre, of course, because of the whole shoe throwing meme. So I kind of liked it. Um, another new website, noagendashopping.com. Make sure you check that one out. Uh, this is all, of course, uh, great initiatives where a portion of the proceeds goes to the program. Uh, also, you want to uh, double check noagendanation.com. Uh, this is uh, becoming quite a central hub. Uh, links out to all kinds of great stuff. Uh, donors, not bonors on the map. Uh, uh, there's a store there. There's uh, all kinds of uh, cool. It's a nice site, nice looking site, noagendanation.com. And then a, um, a little uh, shout out to uh, Ryan Treby of Perth, who has a, uh, a local radio show there. Now, Perth, by the way, is about five times the size of Texas. So uh, local radio show is actually quite large. And a lot of the uh, Perth... Not five times the size of Texas. Yeah, I think it is. You, Perth is a city. Yeah, Perth... Uh, no, um... Western... Uh, you know what? I don't know now. Okay, go on. Western but Australia. There, it, it's, there's a big market there. It's a, big mar- it's a lot of people listen. Thank you for calling me on that. A lot of people listen, uh, particularly it's a university town. And so he has a show, and uh, he sent me the following little promotion that he did for us. And you can tune in at that time, any day of the week, and you'll hear some of the other fine programs that are being produced here from Radio Fremantle. Speaking of other shows, I want to give a quick day to my mates Adam and John from the No Agenda podcast. They're great to listen to in the morning whilst eating your Hot Pockets. <laughs> and I know that they listen to the gravy train. In fact, here's a review that they did just recently. I don't know what happened there. This show is terrible. This whole group should be ashamed of themselves. How do they sleep at night? Okay, well, I probably should have listened to that first. Anyway, check them out at shutupslaves.com. <laughs> it's just taking some random rant. Yeah, I like that, though. I think that's a <laughs> shutupslaves.com, which, of course, also uh, forwards to the show. So uh, our uh, gratitude to Stephen McGrath, uh, Nicola Cress, Smiley Face, Sir Spitzer, Gal Holiday, and the Honky Tonk Review, and Francine Hardaway for supporting our show. You know where you do that. Dvorak.org. Slash and everybody else, you've got a mission. It is to go out and propagate our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. 
if you dare. Shut up, slaves! So, um, first of all, John, uh, we need to uh, play along with uh, the media. America. We're spiking the football! America. We are America! USA! Yeah, fuck yeah! All right. Can't help myself. So I have. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's unbelievable. Can I just say one thing though? One thing that's kind of important when it comes to uh, uh, the cheering uh, human resources in front of the White House. You mean the guys that look like their high school football team, which hadn't won in ten years, finally beat the the crosstown rival f- for once in a decade, and now they think they're number one. And all that was missing was the foam fingers. <laughs> I'll tell you, so I had the same reaction at first, and then I thought about it, and I'm like, you know, hold on one second. Remember now, these are just slaves of the New World Order, human resources. These kids who are now in college were like seven or eight or nine years old when the big boogeyman brought down the Twin Towers in New York City, you know, on 9-11. I think... You know, I have a kid. You've got kids, John. So for them, this was truly the boogeyman. And, you know, if you're in college and, you know, let's face it. Yeah, no, seriously. If you're in college and you're a kid and you're hanging out in your dorm room and you're drinking, obviously, because what else are you going to do? You know, I mean, we're not there for an education and you're drinking because, you know, you're going to come out with one hundred thousand dollars in debt that you can't get rid of. And then this happens. I mean, this literally is like the boogeyman. Guess what I caught. You know, if I sent you to Fox to watch that, right? Mm-hmm. I caught Fox looping it. Oh, of course. Well, it, it, there wasn't. They can't even of keep them. the cameras live. They were, <laughs> I have a. I have it. I. I, I dumped I'm it sure off. You do. It's I'm looped. Sure you do. I'm sure you. It's do. looped. Hey guys, you don't have a, like a little bug in the corner that has the time. <laughs> it says White House, and then you loop it. Yeah, and then Rachel Maddow was tweeting. Oh, everyone's celebrating in front of the White House. I see a beach ball. Like, really? <laughs> Did you know she said that, really? <laughs> yeah, she tweeted that. Her tweets are outrageously warmongerish. Oh, oh, she, oh, the entire MSNBC group that Ed Schultz, these guys are a bunch of bloodthirsty pricks. They love it. They oh, love kill it. Kill him and shot him in the eye with blood all over. This is great. All right, so I just, I just got to play one or two clips that just made me laugh out loud, uh, and then we can move on. So ABC News is the best. I mean, I, I, I so appreciate what they are doing because, of course, they are completely compromised. They are getting full-on talking points. They have great animation. Someone put together like a whole, uh, I don't know if you saw any of this, John, this whole animated sequence of uh, how Usama was in bed and they came in and kicked his ass and, you know, and they had like the woman jumping in front of him. And, and, and then, and the, and the big thing now that, that, of course, lots of people are talking about is the stealth helicopter. <laughs> uh, let me play this first, and then I want to talk, because I don't know much about nothing. I happen to know a little bit about aviation and helicopters. Well, good, because I have a stealth helicopter clip. Okay, so uh, let's go with the, st- uh, <laughs> the stealth helicopter news report from ABC. Tonight, the elite Navy SEALs who took down Osama bin Laden are back on U.S. soil at Andrews Air Force Base. And our chief investigative correspondent, Brian Ross, tells us now about a secret weapon they may secret have used weapon. to change history in just 40 minutes. Woo! Secret weapon, change the history. The last act of the Navy SEAL team before they left the bin Laden compound was to blow up the damaged helicopter that had to be left behind, setting off a huge fire 
And now we know why that was so important. Aviation analysts say the remnants of the aircraft reveal they were part of one of the U.S. military's most closely guarded secrets, a stealth Black Hawk helicopter whose existence was only rumored that had never been seen in public before. This is the first time that we've seen... It's always good, by the way, to roll out a British guy if, it's, uh, if he's supposed to be an expert, because then you don't question it. Oh, this is the first time we've ever seen a stealth helicopter. An operational uh, stealth helicopter. The analysts say photos that emerged on the internet revealed this was no ordinary helicopter. But one of the things that really stands out is they have a little disc over the rotors, which is really designed both to baffle the sound and to <laughs> deny radar signature. Uh -huh. Neighbors in Abbottabad told ABC News they did not hear the helicopter Sunday night until they were directly overhead. So now this is the, the pertinent part. So first of all, um, stealth helicopter. Right. Okay. I saw these pictures, and uh, obviously I saw a picture of a huge tail section, which, I mean, the size of this chopper compared, I mean, the, the tail section is three times the size of the guys in the picture. And the first thing I said is, movie set. There's no way that this is a true helicopter rotor blade. No way. The size of that thing and the size of the blades that were on the tail fin, no way. You can't provide enough torque with that. I don't care what you say. It's physically impossible. The thing looks like it's right off of the universal back lot. And then they pull out this. This is what a standard Blackhawk helicopter sounds like. This is the sound of an earlier experimental version of a stealth helicopter. <laughs> I love this. And they have a little sound wave. John, have you ever heard a real stealth helicopter? Uh, well, obviously I wouldn't. Well, now, I know, but uh, let me play you the sound of a stealth. A real, true, I mean, a stealth helicopter sounds like this. <laughs> I have... <laughs> it took me uh, quite a lot of covert operations to record this. <laughs> That is the stealth helicopter sound. It's bull crap, okay? It's bull crap. It doesn't exist like that. You cannot have it, unless it is an anti-gravitational device, you can't make it silent. There's no such thing. It's funny you say stuff like that, but then you probably do buy into the anti-gravitational Well, stuff. yeah. <laughs> if they, if they had, like the, if they had, I don't know. Is that what people must be thinking? If they had, so, so here's what I, I'm already immediately annoyed, of course. Uh-huh. Because this is the exact same clip I have. <laughs> it was so stupid. Only I have the clip. Do you have the part where they're picking up the pieces of the chopper and the kids are taking them, putting yeah, them together? Yeah, they're going to ship to China. Yeah, that's the yeah that's the end of the clip. Is that we're, yeah, okay. we're going to? And this, of course, plays into the actual theory of what uh, what this is about. But then there was another one. <laughs> oh my goodness! Did you see the ABC News report? About the Elite Seal Six uh, team, and and who the shooter must have been, and they had this like complete graphic rendering. Did you see this? No, but I can just imagine. The more we learn, the more impressed we are. We all want to meet these men and thank them because of how amazing this task was. Of course, for security reasons, we're not allowed to know. But here's what we do know. There are only 2,500 seals. <laughs> 75% of the men who try out to become one never make it. And only a very small slice ever make it to the elite team level like Team 6. One have you ever heard of Team 6? Ever? Yeah, actually I have, but Team 6, there is no such thing as Team 6. It was dissolved in 1987. <laughs> and, really? and I, looked, I didn't I, know that. That's great. I did all the research on <laughs> of this. Of course, of course. 
Team Six is a. Uh, this is inter- Well, this is kind of part of my theory, the history of Team Six. But Team Six doesn't exist. It's actually there is an operation called Group Dev, which is. I, I think they're te- part of the the web. Team dev. Six morphed into, but there is no Team Six. It's right. a myth. Okay, and, and it's a kind of funny because a couple of the right wing guys. I don't understand why they keep calling it Team Six. There is no such thing, and and everyone thought he was kind of nuts. And the fact is, and everybody refers to it as Team Six. And that, and by the way, coincidentally, there's a book coming out called Team, team Six. six. Oh, pff, which uh, wait, a minute, anyway, wait, wait, go wait, ahead, wait a minute, go on, wait a minute. Did you say coincidentally? I mean, please, <laughs> did it? <laughs> no, no, I, I won't even. We're going to be playing that all show long if we don't watch it. Um, so of course, we all want to meet these guys. We all want to meet these these big American heroes. One thing is for. sure. Sure. Whoever pulled the trigger on Osama bin Laden was the best of the best. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now wait. Now, now so now they're going to go and talk to some slaves in a bar. This is funny. But then we get into the actual description of the best of the best. Overnight at Bone Shaker Sports Bar. And by the way, that's where I'd go to talk to people from Team Six. Bone Shaker. Bone Sp- Shaker. Bone Shaker Sports Bar. Damn Neck, Virginia, where Navy SEAL Team Six trains. So wait a minute. So they're saying Navy Team Navy SEAL. Team Six trains, but they, they don't exist. But you're, they're training in the Bone Shaker Bar. Locals toasted someone they may never know by name, but who could easily be their neighbor. But great. he'll be bragging about it tomorrow in Bone Shakers. Yeah, and there's a bunch of guys here at the bar, you know, like biker guys, right? And they're, uh, they're all, these are good old boys going like, yeah. yeah. God bless the man that took the shot. He's going to live with that for the rest of his life. I'm proud of him. Yeah, I'm very proud. Right on. So, what do we know about what he? (laughs) I get ready for some laughs. He is like. We know the shooter is a he because all seals are men. Uh He's probably about thirty years old. Okay, bachelors. You you hear the 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 sound effects, John? For the you have like a rotating graphic image, and they're showing everything. Possibly a master's degree. Oh, he's a genius, by the way. He has a master's (laughs) in physics. (laughs) (laughs) He's most likely white. And may have a wife and children. Uh-huh. The Why seal is he who del- most likely white. What kind of a comment is that? Bullcrap. No, that's because uh, there's very few. Uh, they've been trying to diversify uh, the Navy SEALs because there's yeah, been too many white people. Yeah, okay. Of Go course on. not, John. It's entertainment. This is what, what this is about. What am I thinking? What am I yeah, thinking? Please. Why are you even trying to contradict this? Delivered that double tap to the head and. Ch- Ooh, I like that one. Ooh, the double tap to the head. Uh, nice little analogy there. Chest of America's most hated enemy is a perfect physical specimen. They have gazelle legs, <laughs> no waist. He has no and waist. Huge upper body. He has no waist. He's an ant. What is he, an ant? He's a, he has gazelle legs and no waist. <laughs> Configuration. But he is also most likely hiding beneath a slightly disheveled exterior. Uh-huh. Unlike other Navy SEALs, the member of SEAL Team 6 who killed bin Laden is most likely not the clean-cut action figure you might imagine. Wow, that rules out Anderson Cooper. I thought I was going to be him. Ah, damn it. He probably uses modified grooming standards. Ah! I love the modified grooming standards. Including that's, a beard. That's a coincidence, because that's what I use. Beard and longer hair designed to help him blend in in places like Pakistan and Afghanistan. Yeah, here's a guy with gazelle-like legs. He's white. He's got a beard, and therefore he can blend in in places like Afghanistan. That's why they have to be dropped by a chopper. <laughs> if you've never met a Navy SEAL and you ran into one in a bar, you probably still wouldn't know he's a Navy SEAL. Uh-huh. 
Former SEALs say this was definitely not his first mission. No. He may even have pieces of shrapnel or frag. He's got frag. I mean, they're, they're pulling out everything now. He's got, hey, he's got pieces of frag because, you know, this is like a hardened criminal. He eats nails for breakfast. Still in him from previous firefights. That's right. But inside, he has something special. A rare mental agility that allows him an unflinching nature in the most harrowing situations. They are basically... All right, but then it just goes on from there. Yeah, it just... It, this is... <laughs> That's, I would give that the clip of the day already. Oh no. oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No way. Not even close. I want to finish up my entertainment roundup, and I hate to do this to you. Go on. Well, I have a clip from The View. Oh, but, you know, this clip has been played by everyone, but play it. Uh, really? These are more bloodthirsty women. And what is with all these peaceniks? <laughs> what do you mean? Where are they? Yeah. Where are the peaceniks? The same people that were peaceniks like a few weeks ago during the Bush administration. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm still laughing at the gazelle-like legs and no waist. I can't handle it. So here's uh, The View. Whoopi Goldberg reading off the television. By the way, The View is another ABC program. Death of Osama bin Laden is still sending shockwaves. Photo has been released of uh, the president, the vice president, and the secretary of state in the situation room, watching the. And by the way, situation room? I think not. That was like a, it was like the, like the Mevio conference room. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw both. Uh, I only saw two pictures from it, but they were both. Hey, it's not the situation room. It was just a conference room. It's like um, it was a video conference room. Is Panama free tonight? <laughs> I can literally see, like, uh, can you someone look at the conference room schedule? We need uh, Panama. Raid on video as it's happening. Mm -hmm. And it really captured, I mean, just look at how Hillary. intense this moment yeah, intense. must have been. Now, now, look, now they have Betty White there. And then, and now they're talking about Hillary. Yeah, I mean, the technology alone that allowed Yay! our president and his staff to actually. Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Whoopi, Whoopi can tell you exactly how it works. She, she knows how the technology works. Right. Watch this. It was on the happening. helmet of yeah. one as of the guys. Yeah, it was like they had a Skype connection. It was on the helmet of one of the guys. It happened. Yeah. I mean, I cannot imagine the stress level, knowing that it was going to happen in general, never mind watching it and hoping that these guys, knowing that they had the courage to go in there, that they were going to be able to pull it off yeah. and just, you know, praying for their safety. That had to well, be the know, most intense moment ever. What's so interesting is watching all of it, because it's all men, and then there's Hillary Clinton, the way the men are now. watching it, and I don't know if that's the whore that no, Hillary... Well, she's or, just, you know, she's got a hand over her The tension. Remember like, oh also, if something, yeah, if something, a feminine gesture. It's a feminine gesture, John. That's what that was. A feminine gesture. Oh my God! I'm watching the Skype video from the helmet camera. I mean, do they? Do they really? They, do you think they take themselves that seriously? They really think that's what's going on in that picture? Just in TV. Yeah. If something were to have gone wrong, which right. thank God it did not, you know, it would have been on him. Oh yeah, him, it. him, the oh, the chosen is, one. You know, by the way, let's go over some. We might as well go over them as they come up. Okay. Which are these myths? Yeah. You know, this is all. Oh, this was such a dangerous possibility. All these, and then they started harking back to uh, Mogadishu and the uh, and the Carter uh, fiasco in Iran. Right. And and this analysis is like completely bogus because those were enemy combat areas. This was Pakistan, where our allies are. If anything bad happened, it would have been covered up by both parties, and nobody would have ever known any of it. And I'd like to correct these uh, idiots. Um, there was another woman in the room. 
if you take a look at the picture. Did you catch uh, who that was, John? The other uh, woman in the back I there? Saw, I, re- I don't remember, but yeah. who was it? Martha Quinn from MTV. Yeah, oh. she, clearly, just look at the picture. <laughs> Actually, it's Audrey Thomason, which no one knows anything about. She is the um, uh, the deputy home terrorism defense person. Huh. But it looked to me, I saw it, I was like, my goodness, Martha Quinn, what is she doing Martha in the situation Quinn. room? <laughs> anyway, go on, get these clips out of there. Obama, so he's, you know, it's just, it. it's amazing. And Vice President Dick Cheney says that he assumes the enhanced interrogation program that the Bush administration. I, I can't even listen to this. I mean, so this, I just, I need to say one thing, please. And, and I'm, I am overjoyed, by the way, at the No Agenda producers, which is what we call our listeners, because they are producers. Not a single one bought into this from the, from the get-go. I have received nothing but emails, postings on the noagendanewsnetwork.com. No one believes it. I mean, and of course, you know, you see that the, even the White House has to come back and change the story and... And uh, I think we can uh, dissect why that is. This is one big show. The coup is final. The CIA, the intelligence and well, the military industrial intelligence complex has finally taken over the White House for good. And everything you see on television is just a part of the big show. Don't listen to any of it. It's not worth your time. So I find the the memes that are. are cropping up are kind of interesting. One is the, what you'd like to, this whoopee situation. A bunch of the left wing is all gung-ho, let's kill everybody. Uh, and the and the right wing is is funnier. The right wing talk shows, and I'm including in that uh, O'Reilly, Limbaugh, everybody. Uh, they have this, they have the one litany which goes as follows, and anyone listening to these shows will, will pick up on it immediately. One is that waterboarding is good, and this proves it. Yep, and we should thank Bush. Yes. Now, here's the funny thing about the thank Bush meme, which everybody's pushing. In fact, you watch. I have one clip I'm going to slip in, which is the Hannity says to say thanks, thank Bush. I think is pretty classic, typical. I'm sorry, I, I misfired. Ugh. I had it, and then I misselected. Here we go. It's tough interrogations. You know, the very things that he was referring to as torture, the very things that Eric Holder was investigating for possible prosecution of of CIA operatives. Without these things, this success would not have been possible on Sunday. So the question is, why can't the president graciously go out there? He's had a number of days now and say thank you to President Bush for his part (laughs) in creating the scenario under which this could happen. Because he's, a, he's an employee of President Bush, and he needs to just shut up and be thankful. Well, here's the joke of it. it, it, it I just wanted, this has got nothing to do with what happened or didn't happen. It's just that if you're going to promote the concept, which, they, with the, which the Republicans have been doing for the last, I don't know, four, five, six months, that the economy, everything is no longer part of any Bush administration. You can't keep blaming Bush for this and you can't keep blaming Bush for that in terms of the economy and the rest of it. You can't all of a sudden say, wait, wait, we got to bring Bush back into the picture so we can thank him for something he couldn't accomplish in eight years. And the whole thing is just these people are the worst. I And I, including every one of them, every one of the talking heads, left and right, the MSNBC and the Fox guys are all pathetic. 
Not just them, but congressmen, senators, the entire administration completely co-opted the whole. The, I mean, to me, this was such a, a massive awakening. I'm like, okay, they finally done it. This to me, this is not when it comes to loss of life, but this was as significant as nine eleven. This has tipped everything. This well, changes the whole game, John. I don't think it's changed. Oh, a thing oh, I think. Oh, yes, it has. Because now, oh, okay. Well, you go on with your theory. Then. Well, now we finally know that uh, President Obama is one hundred percent puppet. This was he had nothing to do with this. This was not his call. This was Leon Panetta, the CIA, the newly shuffled around military industrial intelligence complex. Whatever they were doing, and I have some theories about that. They called the shots. Obama was out golfing. That's when you have the picture in the situation room. He's still in his golfing clothes because they didn't even ask him. They just went ahead and did whatever they wanted to do. And Valerie Jarrett has been consistently saying, no, 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 no. We don't want to do this because, you know, if it goes wrong, it'll be blamed on him. We, whatever you want to do. No, please don't do it. Obama has nothing. He's doing nothing, but he's a puppet. He comes out. He comes out and he does his uh, his speech. And you know what happens after that? After the television cameras are off, and I have this in account from one of the photographers at the White House, he so the cameras are off, then Obama comes out again with the photographers there and does the first 30 seconds of the speech so they can take the beautiful pictures of him. The whole thing is staged. Everything is staged. All, every single picture you see of the president giving this historic speech happened after he gave the speech because there were no cameras there because he would get distracted and might flub his lines. Right, and you would have seen flashing and there was none. There was none whatsoever. And it actually says that you know he came out, he did the first 30 seconds again, like a do-over. Like, you know, like a do-over on television. Yeah, let me just get that. We just need another angle from you there, uh, Barack, baby. Barry. The whole thing, the White House right, has yeah, been co-opted. I agree. Okay. Good, because uh, you can just watch what happens now. And this is, I might as well go all the way. This is, for so many different reasons, everybody benefits, except, of course, for the stupid human resources who believe this stuff. This is so we can get out of Afghanistan and go after our true enemies, which are Pakistan and China. I'm sure you came up with the same thesis. I have a twist on it because I'm not buying that completely, and I'll, and I'll tell you why when you're finished. Okay. Then I shall play the clip. I got very, very lucky. Uh, I'm April- sure it's another clip I have, but go on. Wolf Blitzer, April 28th? No. Okay. I got lucky. I saw this in the afternoon of April 28th on CNN, and I thought, wow, that's kind of interesting. And in hindsight... As I listen to it again, there's so much in here, it just it blew me away. This is the um, ambassador uh, to Pakistan, Hussein Haqqani, and this comes after the Wall Street Journal published uh, a report which said that the uh, prime minister of Pakistan had called up uh, Karzai in Afghanistan and said, drop the Americans, screw those guys, we don't need them, they're only messing with us, screw it. This was in the Wall Street Journal, and this did not go unnoticed by a lot of people, because this is Pakistan being a little uppity, if you will. So Wolf Blitzer calls this guy in, and there's a lot of things that are interesting in how he, of course, immediately denies it, but something interesting popped up here. Always a pleasure. Why did your prime minister, Gilani, 
urge the president of Afghanistan, President Hamid Karzai, effectively to dump the United States? First of all, Prime Minister Gilani and President Karzai have both denied the story. This is internal Afghan politics. There are Afghan factions that want to get rid of President so Karzai. So you're saying that these reports in the Wall Street Journal, our own reporting, Jill Doherty reporting from the State Department, quoting sources, Afghan sources and others, saying that there was this urging from the Pakistani Prime Minister to dump the United States is a complete fabrication? It's a complete fabrication. In fact, President Karzai's own spokesman has denied it. As you will see, he says, first of all, the Pakistanis would never say such a thing. And if they did, President Karzai wouldn't do it. Look, everywhere there is politics. And in Afghanistan, the politics is to try and get the Americans on the side of whoever is the emerging faction. So people who don't like President Karzai want to make it seem as if President Karzai is not a reliable here's American from, here's ally. Here's from the Wall Street Journal, uh, the headline, Karzai told to dump U.S. Mr. Gilani, the Prime Minister of Pakistan, told Mr. Karzai that the U.S. had failed both their countries and that its policy of trying to open peace talks while at the same time fighting the Taliban made no sense. Here's my question for you, Will. So he doesn't answer that. Listen very closely. Where are Pakistan and Afghanistan going to go by dumping the United States? So, of course, we have a point here because the U.S. has given Pakistan $20 billion to uh, uh, basically uh, combat terrorism. The fact of the matter is that Afghanistan is a country that needs the Americans to rebuild. Pakistan is a country that needs American assistance Has the and U.S. failed both countries? It certainly has not. Pakistan and the United States have some disagreements on the way forward. So do the Afghan leaders and the Americans. But very interestingly, only last week, it's very interesting that this story broke yesterday. Okay, so he's already saying there's some politicking going on. Very, very interesting. This story only broke last week. Very interesting because something very interesting is happening. My ears prick up. And only last week, Ambassador Grossman, who's Ambassador Holbrook's successor, the Pakistani Foreign Secretary agreed that we are going to try and create a trilateral mechanism. They're having a meeting in Islamabad on the 3rd of May. Oh, really? The 3rd of May. So one day after so-called Osama bin Laden is killed, Usama, there's supposed to be a trilateral meeting between Afghanistan, Pakistan, and the United States with Mark Grossman. Do you know who Mark Grossman is, John? You're going to tell me. Mark Grossman has been in the Bush administration, has been in, of course, is now ambassador to, uh, uh, to uh, he, he followed up Holbrook. He is a um, very interesting guy, uh, connected to the Valerie Plame uh, uh, outing uh, with the Bush-Cheney cabal. But also, he sits on the board of directors of a number of interesting little lobbyist groups, such as the Cohen Group. The Cohen Group is probably the largest lobbyist for the military-industrial complex. And they have a very special practice in India. So this guy is out there saying he's threatening these two countries, because this is his job, this is what ambassadors do. He's saying, we're going to sell all this great stuff to India. I'm going to kick your ass unless you do exactly as we say. This guy is, we need to keep a very, very close look and close watch on Mark Grossman, who is completely there to threaten these countries. And I think that the timing of Osama bin Laden's assassination 
and this trilateral meeting, which, of course, was behind closed doors. There's only one little statement that was released by the State Department is not a coincidence. Uh, we are expecting the foreign sec- uh, the, the secretary of state to visit the region in the near Hillary future. Clinton. Absolutely. Of course, we got to go in there. We're going to threaten you. We're going to move in. The end of May. And, and Admiral Mullen was in the region. He spoke to our military leaders. And on this particular issue, the head of CENTCOM and I have personally spoken, and we are very clear that this is just internal Afghan politics playing out in American newspapers. And be very careful. Here comes the big meme alert. Where's the other disturbing part about this report mm-hmm. in the Wall Street Journal and now other news organizations following up? Mr. Gilani added that America's economic problems meant it couldn't be expected to support long-term regional development. A better partner would be China, ah. which Pakistanis call their, quote, all-weather friend. Ooh, where have we heard that before, John? On our show. Uh-huh, the all-weather friend China. So... Perhaps maybe it wasn't such a good idea that Pakistan was muzzling up to China. Are they really doing that? Wolf Blitzer investigates. Uh, according to this. China is definitely an all-weather friend of Pakistan. He even says it. He's an, they are definitely an all-weather friend. No, that is a meme that they, they stick to. Yeah. Pakistan yeah. so is sure, a friend of long-standing. Friend however, 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 we have never, and we have been friends of China since 1949. Uh-huh. We were the country that helped the United States and China come close together. We have never looked upon the United States and China as rivals for our <laughs> friendship. We have always respected <laughs> both of them. And the United States is a key ally in the effort against terrorism. The relationship that you have with Afghanistan, right, because it used to be tense with Musharraf and, and Hamid Karzai. I covered now. those. Yeah. They were, there were some pretty ugly moments. But So I'm, I'm going to say that was the most important bits of this interview. Thank you, darling. Um, this, uh, once again, is uh, Pakistan, uh, another country that is muzzling up to China, the all-weather friend. The United States will have none of it, and we've got our guys in there. Uh, you know, let's not forget we had... Oh, actually, I should play this. Right now, you're saying it's better. It is a very warm relationship, and not only that. There's another little data point that we forgot. If you notice, uh, Pakistan is also working very hard on building good relations with India, with whom we have had uh-huh. problems in the past. No, that's not going to happen because we have Mark Grossman there going to kick your ass. That has been a major obstruction for peace in, this, in the region. Look, we look, will have a look, lot of such stories look. as we move forward. The key thing is that all the key players... United States, Afghanistan, and Pakistan understand that the way forward is we have to defeat some people in Afghanistan, and we have to engage some does people the U.S. Does the CIA coordinate the drone attacks against al-Qaeda-suspected targets? Now, should he answer this question? Taliban targets in Pakistan with your intelligence community? Well, that's a question that creates lots of problems in uh-huh. Pakistan politically. Uh-huh. So I'm, for, uh, uh, with your indulgence, not going to answer it. All I'm going to <laughs> so say the answer is, is yes. Yes, with your indulgence, I'm not going to answer it and you will not question me any further. That whatever we do, we want to move forward as partners and friends. Occasionally, there are things the Americans do. You heard about the case of the gentleman who killed two Pakistanis. In you mean the CIA oh, agent? Bringing yeah. that up again. Oh, yeah. Broad daylight and created problems Broad in our countries. Thank God, go back to the thank God we were able to resolve that within Pakistani law uh, in accordance with our uh, t- traditions and our religion. So, um, yeah, right. I'm saying that uh, we're moving out of Afghanistan. Perfect, perfect uh, uh, reason to move out because, of course, we got him. We smoked him out. We killed him. We chopped his head off. The head is off the snake. So we can move out of uh, Afghanistan. And now we have a covert army. And it's the same guys. We have the military and the CIA now completely colluding with each other. And we can just spend billions or trillions of dollars 
on covert operations that cannot be questioned because these guys are awesome. And uh, everybody wins. We uh, we get to kick Pakistan's ass. We get to sell all kinds of arms to India. We uh, uh, block China's efforts to expand into the region. Everybody wins, John. Everybody. Great setup. I'm just pissed we didn't predict this was going to happen. Well, it's because it's not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Let me read. Uh, here's what, For one thing, here's what got me kind of suspicious about this whole we're going to leave Afghanistan thing. It began with, uh, guess who's showing up? He shows up, and, and he shows up of all places. First of all, this is when I first caught wind of something weird is going on, and I have a clip. Uh, I have Haas. This guy's on, This is the, the, the president, the CEO of the Council on Foreign Relations, not some stooge. And he shows up on Colbert. Play this clip. Relations with Pakistan. Please welcome the president of the Council on Foreign Relations, Richard Haas. Richard, thank you so much for coming back. Good to see you. All right. Richard, what does this mean for our relationship with Pakistan? This is probably the most difficult bilateral relationship we have. It was difficult before this. If possible, it's going to be even more difficult after this. What's so difficult about our relationship with them? We give them about a billion dollars a year, right? Plus and that minus. and plus what? Plus or minus? Yeah. Plus or minus? Plus taxes and tips, obviously. <laughs> what were they? Were the were the Pakistanis chanting in the street USA USA when this news spread? Uh, unlikely. It's probably the most anti-American country I know. Uh, look, this is this is bad because if the Pakistanis knew about this, uh, if they knew about what Bin Laden was doing there, why didn't they tell tell us? Why didn't they tip us off? And if they didn't know about this, why not? How could they possibly not know what's going on in their own country? Either way, either way, this is bad. Well, can we get out of Afghanistan now? Can we say, okay, that's why we went in, to get Bin Laden. We got Bin Laden now. Can we declare that we won and leave? It's actually, there's, there's something to that in the sense that uh, there's hardly any al-Qaeda left in Afghanistan. So the idea that we're there to fight al-Qaeda doesn't make a lot of sense. The idea that we're there in Afghanistan to make sure Pakistan doesn't get destabilized doesn't make much sense because Pakistan is harboring the very terrorists we're worried about. So I actually think the argument for staying in Afghanistan was weak and it's just gotten weaker. Wait a minute. Aren't we just saying exactly the same thing? This is exactly what I just said. Pakistan yeah. is the new enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, That's because this is a smoke screen. Yeah, of course it is. Now, now let me just read wait, you. Wait, wait, wait. Bef- interest- before you do that, I have a Colbert clip as well. Oh, play it. So uh, you had Did, uh, Richard Haas. Does it relate to what I'm going to say, which is we're not leaving Afghanistan? No, it does not. But it is a CIA operative, Francis Fukuyama. Oh, wait a minute. Was he CIA? No, I'm sorry. No, oh, no. no he's, author no, author he was, Francis Fukuyama. He is a writer, and I think he was in the State Department. He was in the State Department, right. No, that's a different clip I was thinking about. But he was on Colbert, and he, uh, he said, had this to say. When can I forget them? I think we're getting close to the point, because I think the actual original uh, argument for being in Afghanistan uh, is weakening, because the, it's really not... Same talking points, weakening. Not Al-Qaeda that we're fighting there anymore. We're fighting a bunch of uh, Taliban that are basically Pashtun nationalists. And uh, I think the logic of staying there forever is is getting a lot weaker. Now that bin Laden's head has been cut off the snake uh, of (laughs) Al-Qaeda, will the snake writhe around for a while and still try to hurt people? How scared should I be and of what should I most be scared? (laughs) Be afraid of the Chinese. I mean... The Chinese 
shoot down satellites in space, they hack into Google's computers. The Osama bin Laden people can't make their underwear blow up. I mean, how... (laughs) All right. China, you're next. (laughs) I like that one. Yeah, I actually had that one and killed it because it was, I think, uh, just more of the riling up the public kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, of course, I just. Uh, you have anything else? Because I just. No, I want. I, I want to hear what you want to say, and then I have some CIA stuff. Yeah, unfortunately, I just closed my uh, browser and screwed myself. Hold on a second. Um, I, I'm gonna. I've got documentation, but I, do you have the clip? Here's what I'm gonna say. First of all, we're gonna stay in Afghanistan. Well, because we keep overlooking the pipeline in Unicam. You no, know, well, let's let 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 me just reiterate. Just like Iraq. Uh, where now uh, uh, Boehner has said, oh, we got to stay in Iraq. Of course, we have a huge green zone. Of course, we're going to stay there. It's just it's going to look like we're, we're going to have troops coming home, flowers and everything. There still will be tens of thousands of troops and bases because of the pipeline and all that stuff. But it won't be like it will just pretend that it's not a war anymore. I mean, I'm in full agreement on that. Okay, well then you're not. And here's the clip. This kind of the kicker. First, they this Haas guy. Do I have that a second Haas clip in, on the list there? Um, I don't see a second Haas. Cl- oh yes, Haas in front of Congress. Yeah. So Haas goes in front of the. Uh, this is again. You know, it comes out and it's oh, we don't need to be there, and, and it's all playing into the same scenario, which is that yeah, we're going to look like we're leaving, but we can't because of Unical. And I do have a quote I want to read, but first and, and I'm just, going. And Unical is uh, is the big pipeline, which was all of this started about in the first place. It started before nine eleven. Yeah. There's documentation that we already threatened Afghan, we threatened the Taliban before 9/11 that we were going to come in and kick their ass if they didn't let, if they didn't kick out. Apparently, it was an, it was an Argentinian oil company. They said you get, you stop dealing with them. You're dealing with our people, or we're coming in. And then, of course, after 9/11, I just have to play it once in a while. And, then, <laughs> and so then that gave us the opportunity after 9-11 to go into Afghanistan and then and clear the way for Unical and then also set up the poppy operation. Yes. So there's no way we're leaving Afghanistan. So anyway, so uh, Haas goes up there and he makes a big thing for the public. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need to be in Afghanistan. So they can because there's two things at play here. One is that I don't believe the Council on Foreign Relations and a lot of Congress are getting their fair share of under the table money from the oil companies we're starting to see a lot of very interesting little anti this anti that oh the oil companies have got these huge tax breaks i think we should pull the tax breaks from them right you know there's just threatening the oil companies left and right isn't isn't that because we we need uh uh, campaign donations from the oil companies exactly there's not enough this is a basically the same kind of uh 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 uh, I wonder what kind of game to call it, but it's a, uh, it's a extortion it's a extortion, a, a, extortion game that the people like uh, Jesse Jackson and the and the and his operation and other groups do. They come in and say, "Look, we're going to look over your company." Oh, oh, thank you for the donation, sir, and they leave. <laughs> it's a legal form of of extortion, right. and so the oil companies have not been paying their fair share, and now we're going. We're making their life miserable, including this taxing. And by the way, there's something very funny about this. Oh, they get $3 billion in tax benefits. Why is that? We should just pull these. And then, then of course, the counter argument to balance it so the oil companies know we can go either way with this is to say, yeah, but it's just going to be passed on to the consumer. Well, I think. Wait a minute. 
That's American tax money. These are international companies. What's going to be passed on to the consumer is going to be passed on to the consumer internationally. And it's not really going to be passed on to the American consumer as much as it is the world consumer. So it's a it's a plus for the Americans. There, there, to, there, there is a small little thing that happened amongst all of this, which you will not see reported on most of the mainstream news, is today Glencore, the Mark Rich founded company, Mark Rich, who was indicted on 43 counts of fraud, was uh, uh, eventually was pardoned by uh, uh, President Bill Clinton on his last day in office. He went to Zouk, Switzerland, started Glencore, the largest oil company, holding company of millions of different companies. They went public today in London. This thing is rife rife with people who are convicted of fraud, all kinds of indictments against them. And you know that Billy Boy and a lot of these elites all have shares in this thing. This is a bonanza. I think uh, the, the company is now valued at 61 or $62 billion and confirmed just today alone in the public filings, six people have become billionaires just based upon this IPO. So there has been a payoff. I think you're probably right. A lot of the CFR guys weren't in the deal. They weren't in the pre-IPO shares. So they need, they want their money somewhere. I want to read this quote before we go back to Haas, which I found again. Uh, yet This is from uh, the Dawat uh, Free Media out of uh, Afghanistan. I spent most of my research reading material from the Middle East rather than American news sources. Yet perhaps the most obvious smoking gun at the U.S. planned war well in advance of 9-11 manifested. And this is the... the, the the data points that people can go look up at a Berlin conference during July of 2001, whereupon U.S. officials informed the foreign secretary of Pakistan, Nayez Nalik or Naik, N-A-I-K. He's the, former, the US, he's the former what of Pakistan? Foreign secretary. Okay, yeah. Uh, would be Hillary. Yes. That the U.S. would attack Afghanistan before the snow flies in October. Also president in an indisputable, independent, and verifiable cornucopia of exculpatory, this guy's kind of a ridiculous writer, evidence were threats issued to Taliban emissary Sayed Ratamula Hashemi in February of 2001 while in Washington to discuss, he was in Washington, by the way, to discuss progress on the ongoing pipeline negotiations between U.S. oil giant Unical and the Taliban. When Washington became aware that the Taliban Taliban were seen to be favoring Breedus, an Argentine company. Taliban's emissary was forthwith and in unmistakable terms threatened with bombing. State <laughs> Department Christina Roca advised Hashemi that you either accept our offer of gold or we bury you in a carpet of bombs. Nice. People must remember that this program has uh, you and I have one assertion. Everything in the world is about oil. And if you think that that what you put in your car or what we put in our airplanes, that that's really it. No, I mean, oil is everything. Oil is is the whole the entire agricultural sector could not exist without oil. It's in all of the uh, herbicides, pesticides. Oil is everywhere. It's in every single product. The petrochemical industry is so much larger than just what you burn in your car. It is all about oil. Everything in the world is at the end of the day about oil, at least and the way you set and, it up now. And we want to make sure to mention one more thing. We don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. No, so, not at all. I mean, it, it, we need but I, we, But we are interested in the truth, and the tr this is what we're trying to seek here. Now, now, play Haas, when he goes in front of Congress, and this is Dick Durbin, who's concerned about the fact that we're going broke with these programs in Pakistan and Afghanistan, and then he, there, there's, this is a long testimony. You're only going to play the beginning of it, but just play this first part. When you look at a $10 to $12 billion monthly payment by American taxpayers, 
much of which is being wasted and sadly portions of which are being diverted to fund our enemy, you have to ask yourselves, how long can we sustain this? Mr. Haas, I read your testimony, and I was really kind of cheering you on until I got to the last paragraph, and I've got to ask you about it. Because here's what you said. Resolution of the ongoing conflict by either military or diplomatic means is highly unlikely and not a realistic basis for U.S. policy. Walking away from Afghanistan, however, is not the answer. I want to ask you about that. If this is about money, then clearly spending it or wasting it is very hard to justify. But it's about a lot more. If you believe that resolution of this conflict by military means is highly unlikely and not a realistic basis for U.S. policy, how can we send one more American soldier to fight and die in Afghanistan? <laughs> I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> Good question and a fair question. Uh, I do not believe that U.S. interests to the extent they exist in Afghanistan, require a resolution of the conflict. That's good news, because we're not going to get a resolution of the conflict, sir. Ah. Uh, but we can maintain or protect ourselves or protect our core interests. Our core interest, again, is Afghanistan ought not to be a launching pad for terrorist attacks yeah. against us or the world. We can do that, I believe, with a, a degree of counterterrorism presence and activity and a degree of limited focus training on Afghan uh, local and national troops. I believe we can protect our core interests with a modest uh, investment. So I our core interests. I love this, John. This is great. So I'm trying to come up with uh, not the proverbial middle course, because it's actually closer to one end than the other. But I don't believe the answer is withdrawal. So those of us, many of us, who face this vote, face... Wait, what was the vote? They're going to vote on continued funding or something. I actually don't know. Two votes on Iraq and Afghanistan. Oh, okay. So, uh, right, got it. 23 of us voted against the invasion of Iraq. I continue to believe that was the right vote. I voted for the invasion of Afghanistan, and I've been voted for it to go after Al-Qaeda for what they did to us on 9-11. Al-Qaeda! And to find, and if necessary, kill Osama bin Laden. Squirrel! Now here we are, almost 10 years later. And I have to tell you, if you would have asked me whether I was signing up for the longest war in American history, which has no end in sight even after the killing of Osama bin Laden, I would have to seriously say that wasn't the bargain. That isn't what I thought I was voting for. He's clearly not at the right cocktail parties. No, no, he's not, he's not in the loop. He is not at the right, he's not in the right crowd, uh, Mr. Durbin. It, it, although he might be, and this may all be posturing again to threaten the oil companies that, look, we're going to leave, yeah, and you yeah, guys are going to be screwed. And by the way, you're gonna, that pipeline of yours, fuck you, because it's going to be, be whatever no. it is. So the mm. point is, is that, so we don't really know what's behind all this, and Dick Durbin's been around for such a long time that I have a hard time believing that he's not he can't, part of he this. He can't be part of it. I, I just want to mention one other thing about the uh, about the oil. You, of course, we recall that a little over a year, was it a year ago now that uh, the entire Polish government was wiped out in uh, in a fog and uh, and just bad aviation skills? Was that more than a year ago now? They just had that celebration? Well, guess what? Today, the first Nord Stream oil pipeline went into operation, completely bypassing Poland, going right through their uh, territorial waters, now shipping oil from Russia straight into Europe without going uh, through uh, through Poland and a couple other key states. It's all about the oil, everything, and not just to put in your car. We need oil for everything, including my so, hair. So the way this is going to go 
is they're going to end up doing a deal with the Taliban, which is against everybody's everyone who's who understands the mechanisms. Uh, this guy Kagan did a, a who was very I have to I got a clip from him, but not on this show. And and the it, even in the back channel, the uh, Iranian back channel, they say you don't want to do a deal with these guys because they're double dealers and they're creeps and they're probably irked about this this earlier threats anyway but that's what the way this is going to kind of head because we are i think you're dead on they're going to make it look like we're leaving and we're not leaving and still going to be costing us a lot of money but we're just basically paying for we're paying protection money for that pipeline well we and the oil companies aren't coughing up enough extra cash to the coffers of the congress and the other people who need their bribes and that's why all this is taking place to make it clear to the oil companies that we can drop them like a hot potato if they don't get their act together because look at all those profits that's all you hear in all the yep. night oh the oil company profits are unbelievable yeah no so if you're making that kind of money you better be spreading it around and of course uh, the united states has 900 bases around the world we still have our bases in japan and germany from world war ii it's what we do and if you don't like it if you and i don't like it then you've got to make your voice heard you've got to go out and you can, we have to vote every single one of these mega jabronis out of office we really do and i, I you know quite frankly i think we just have to just we're doomed <laughs> we're doomed there's no way we can stop this the president the total puppet president and his handler valerie jarrett completely just like oh okay we'll do whatever you tell us to do i mean so let's so let's cut obvious. to this let's i mean we could go on with this theories for a while but let, since we're run, you know this show is going to be we're gonna Long. have to carry on a lot of this on the sunday show but let's go to the oh, to the uh <laughs> the, osama the i almost said stuff? obama by the way let's go to the fun stuff <laughs> is he dead or alive He's been dead since 2002, probably. Well, if you want to play, well, I have a clip. <laughs> oh, how coincidental. I, I figure it's one of our listeners. This is on C-SPAN, and I love C-SPAN because they take these calls from crazy people. Uh-huh. And play the C-SPAN clip. I don't have the it's name the of it. It's the Republican call-in line? The Republican caller. <laughs> Let's go to the phones from Michigan. Richard joins us, Republican line. Hi. Good morning, Richard. Good morning. Hi, you're on the air. Okay, um, I got a question for your your guest. Um, he's been over there in the Arab countries, and he was in the army and everything else, so he surely knows that Bin Laden died in two thousand one, and that this whole thing is just an incredible propaganda stunt, and the media is complicit in it. And it's time for America to start seeing through this stuff. I wish he would just stand up right now and be a patriot, and just say, "Hey, man." You're being lied to. This guy was dead. He was murdered, Benazir Bhutu, uh, in her candidacy before she was murdered. And she was murdered. And we allowed that to happen because we supported the other guy. Well, uh, the caller's question... By the way, I heard click. <laughs> Did you hear the click? I heard the click on the call. I heard the click. Uh, really yeah, gets that was at- the end of him. Uh, some of the things I think you'll hear a lot of, there will be uh, rumors not just within the Arabic-speaking world, but also within the uh, within the United States and elsewhere that Osama bin Laden is not really dead, or that Osama bin Laden was killed years ago, and, uh, and that this is just uh, this is just propaganda. Uh-huh. Uh, I can assure the uh, the caller <laughs> that I 
spent a good deal of my life trying to, uh, to, to capture or kill Osama bin Laden, and it was long after 2001. So, unfortunately, um, we... And how'd that work out for you? We have not been able to be successful until just now. Um, and, uh, and we can thank, uh, thank our special operating forces that... Uh, uh, yeah, right. Uh, thank them all. Yeah, and by the way, I have huge respect for our... Uh, Everyone in military and the CIA, because people are just, you know, co-opted and segregated. And uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, when when you only have uh, half of the information. I don't know. What's the word you're looking for? Well, if I knew it, then I'd say the word. Oh, you know, where they uh, they only get pieces of information. So no, no one gets the whole picture. No one has the whole story. And they're all doing it out of patriotic uh, for patriotic reasons, but everyone's just being played, completely yeah, being played. Well, it's, and it's a it's, small little team, small little team of people who are just really running the show. And this is like, well, they're doing sad. a great job. They're doing a fantastic job, and there's a lot of benefits to this. Um, the benefits are, um, uh, of course, the entire uh, defense and the homeland defense um, machine. So, you know, the, the Lucy Napolitano was really, you know, it's just fantastic. Here's a report from uh, CBS News. I got it offline, and it's funny because, I, you know, when I, when I take clips from offline, um, I have to restart the, uh, the web page and then start my recording. And every single time I hit this clip, the same pre-roll came in front of it. This is the pre-roll before I got to the CBS clip. It's a, a bus. Don't assume it was left by accident. If you see something, say something. Every single time this clip was about to play, this pre-roll ran. I'm like, isn't it amazing? Yeah, because something, something. people out there should, you should explain to them how pre-rolls generally work with any context, sort of context. media. They, they are randomly put in into a playlist, <laughs> but they're not just, you just keep seeing the same one over and over. It's been stuck there for a reason. Yeah, uh, and there's tags in uh, in the media, uh, in, in the actual media file associated. So these uh, pre-roll networks know what to put in front of it. And it just kept playing this one over and over again, but it was completely married to this clip. Terrorism experts say a retaliation attack for Osama bin Laden's death is inevitable. Oh! Gets better. Are expected to aim hey, here's another little prediction we made. For more vulnerable soft targets like shopping malls, even museums. Soft targets, John. Here we go. Oh, they're going to bomb the art museum. Soft targets, so we need to be scanned everywhere, slaves. Get ready for it. CBS 2's Hazel Sanchez reports. They are places jam-packed with people, pedestrian malls, shopping centers, and stadiums. Yeah, I feel safe, but of course, in the back of my head, I know that things can happen. Yeah. Oh. Terrorism <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, so for some some reason, CBS didn't get anyone uh, on who they interviewed who said this is bullcrap. It's amazing yeah. how that where's works. The, where's the balanced reporting where the guy said, this is bullcrap? As terrorists seeking revenge for Osama bin Laden's death will turn to attacks less dramatic than the destruction on September oh, 11th. Less- Why would that be? Wait, hold on a second. This violates all the rules of terrorism. Yeah, you can't be less dramatic. How stupid is that? A, you know, you don't go blow up the local, the, the you know, chamber of commerce or the or the old no, ladies' no, no, home. We need soft targets. They've got some expert from New York who'll explain, John. Don't worry about it. If you're confused, don't worry. The Ministry of Truth is in full operation. Focusing instead on soft targets like hotels, places of worship, and mass transit hubs. Oh, mass transit hubs! I think we need some uh, X-ray machines at the mass transit hubs. It's easier 
less complicated for them to carry out. What they're going to achieve... This is an Israeli security expert. If they're successful, is to kill as many people as possible. Security <clears throat> consultant Yay! David Bohm says the future could include security checkpoints entering all soft targets. Yay! Yay, 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 yay! All soft targets, including Whole Foods. I cannot wait. It's going to be awesome. Like your local department store. Bohm says even with the police <laughs> presence, the areas are vulnerable. The reason they're called soft is because it's so easily accessible to anyone. There has to be um, security checks for the safety of all people. Added security is a turnoff for some New Yorkers. Oh, 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 we have a balanced uh, voice here. There's a police presence and they search someone with a backpack. Somebody who looks not really suspicious, but it's random. So I would go if that is the case. What, what, where was she against that? What was she? It was not, it was what like, was that all about? Yeah, it was this completely bogus. <laughs> totally. Not, this used to be the Tiffany News Network, ladies and gentlemen. If everyone is being searched. It's better to be safer than sorry. Oh, better oh. safe than sorry. Oh. See something. See something. Oh, yeah. Better be safe oh, than sorry. Take your yeah. Just take your there's more. Despite the challenges to secure high-volume soft targets like here in Times Square, security experts say one of the best lines of defense already exists and doesn't cost a thing. What could that be? What could it be? We are uh, millions and millions of eyes and ears. We need to assist each other and keep each other safe. Freedom coming with an increasingly heavy price. Ooh. In Midtown, Hazel Sanchez. Oh, CBS Hazel. Oh, Hazel. Soft target security is a long-standing practice in Israel. Where? <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, my goodness. It's here. It's here. It's here. It's here. It's here. Every the, the, so this was so good in so many ways. This is why I'm. I, the first, you know, John and I did talk for like two minutes when this came down. And well, let uh, me explain that the two minute talk is the first thing. Break the news breaks. I get a phone call, and it, it, this is the this is the extent of our conversation, exchanging information. It went like this. Adam, I said hello. This is Adam. He didn't say it. But he says, "Can yeah. you believe this bull crap?" <laughs> And then he hangs up. <laughs> and then I call back and said, they've got a scalp. But, of course, we don't have a scalp because we didn't know yet that he had been thrown in the ocean and we didn't have a picture. We're not going to show the picture. Which, by the way, what's that douchebag's name? The uh, the, the New York Times uh, journalist who was on the road with Clooney. I have no idea. Yeah, anyway, so he was on uh, last night with Pierce Morgan. I didn't get a clip from it. And also on was Alan Dershowitz. And, uh, and the douchebag from the New York Times is saying, you know, if it doesn't benefit uh, the country, if the president thinks that uh, we shouldn't show the picture, then we shouldn't do this. I'm like, are you out of, are you insane? Are you absolutely insane? You know, the New York Times would probably, it wouldn't be in the interest of the United States, so we wouldn't uh, publish the picture. And I have to say, Alan Dershowitz was like, you can't, this is like First Amendment. It's like, no way. The president has no right to determine what the American public can or cannot see. And this is not being questioned except by some 80-year-old uh, lawyer. It's, it's unbelievable. Actually, Napolitano's on the, same, on the same side of that argument. In fact, I have a clip for the end of the show, which is Napolitano going. Napolitano is the only one on Fox who didn't get on the. Oh, and, and Andrew Napolitano. Judge Napolitano. Judge Napolitano. I thought you meant Lucy. I was like, what? How can that I, be? I know. I had some mistake. I yeah. should say Judge Napolitano. Anyway, he yeah. came on and he's the only one that wasn't on script. 
which I think is not a good thing to do at this no, point not for if, not Fox. If, not if he wants uh, the primetime Glenn Beck slot. He's, he's trying right. to get the Glenn Beck yeah. spot, but, yeah, you know, we'll see. Not a good Whatever the case it. was, he was the only one that he questioned the legality of, this, of the action, if, it, if the action actually took place and the whole thing. Very much, very different than, than the rest of the Foxers, which were all saying, uh, you know, their whole thing was waterboarding is great. This proves it. And why don't you thank Bush? He's the one who caught, who shot. You know, besides <laughs> Bush had the gun. Yeah, but anyway, go <laughs> but on. Yeah, we we had uh, Ugai and Ubalai and Dugadai, and, you know the the Saddam Hussein's sons. Yeah, we showed Ugi those, and Uni. Ugni and Adi, and we showed those pictures, and we had the video of uh, the so-called uh, Saddam Hussein hanging, which now, of course, we know uh, probably. By wasn't the way, really did you him. notice this? Is one thing I thought we might bring up, which is that they, this all happened right coincidentally when the Saddam Hussein tape came out and it could have gotten a lot of attention. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Coincidence? I think not. No, there was a lot of things that uh, that happened. Uh, I, I will also, unfortunately, have to make just a minor prediction. This is the second half of the show stuff, but we have the NLE 2011, the national level exercise uh, coming up on May 16th. So this thing will be dragged out for another week or 10 days. And we have the uh, Army Corps of Engineers blowing up the levees in the south, flooding the all of that land there. We, we're going to have earthquakes. We're going to have a massive, massive new distraction on our hands right after this. I mean, this the playbook is so clear to me. You can just see it happening. It's like, we have this. We'll carry this on for a while. Forget Libya. No one cares about that. Algeria, you know, all the stuff that's happening. Uh, and then we're going to have this massive natural, quote, disaster that's going to take place in the United States. I wanted to, um, I have two clips, and this is uh, about the CIA and the media. And, uh, th- and this, which is so, actually three clips, so completely linked together, um, it, it's just astounding. So the first clip is from uh, KQRS, the morning show. Um, I'm just going to play the first bit, and if we want to play more of it on Sunday, we can. This is Vince Flynn. This is the former uh, CIA operative um, who has something very interesting to say. Um, he, he, I think he has a new book out. So of course, everyone's promoting books, you know, movies, books, the whole thing. Everyone's jumping on the bandwagon. Here's what he had to say about this little thing that happened in uh, Abad Abidabadabad. Oh. In any case, so the, the, uh, this whole bin Laden thing. Mm-hmm. I, get a, I get a call this morning from Commander Flynn. Oh, by his brother is, uh, is uh, still active in the military. These, this is like, these are lifetime career spooks. <laughs> Your brother, Timmy. Timmy. Who reads me page 28 of Memorial Day, your book. Uh, it's word for word. What happened? Yeah, it's kind of eerie. It's and weird. So, um, that that scene in the, op- you know, it's one of the opening chapters of Memorial Day. Basically what happens is they, the CIA and JSOC decide that they've got a high value target on the wrong side of the border. And they're going to go get them and they're not going to tell Pakistan because they can't trust them. That's... And they launch the uh, Chinooks and the and the Pavehawks, and they go in with the SEAL teams and the Delta Force. And and uh, what was really bizarre out of that deal is I find out from Porter Goss, who at the time was the director of the CIA, that he and General McChrystal had read that scene. <laughs> this is fantastic stuff. So, you know, they actually take the page right out of the playbook. Say, hey, this, this was kind of good. Mm-hmm. And they That's free had, consulting. It, yeah, no, it's it, totally. The guy should get a bonus. It inspired them to put together a very similar operation that they were going to run back in uh, the middle of the last decade. And uh, like they it? were 90% sure 
that it was uh, Zawahiri. <laughs> so, and I, just a little throwback here. Um, if you look at the Pakistani press, and I don't, you know, there's plenty of links in the show notes that are just you know just bulging with these links. The Pakistani press is actually reporting exactly the opposite, that the Pakistanis went into the compound. They were the ones that got dragged somebody out. They got some kind of operative. They blew up something there. And then after that, the U.S. helicopters came in and took somebody out. So it's exactly upside down, reverse world from what I, I, we're being told. I did told. not get that from any Pakistani source. Oh, I have it from tons of Pakistani sources. Did you get it from any of the real ones? I mean, there's well, only who, two or three I, real. Who, who knows, right? Yeah, I mean, it's Pakistani websites. You know, I'm, you know, I, okay, I have my own theory about this whole thing, which well, I'll reveal shortly. Let me uh, play. Uh, this was from uh, our national treasure. This was uh, Lawrence Wright, a, another author. Uh, who has also done some movies. And uh, this is just how the CIA operates in Hollywood, which is really important because what you're seeing on television is Hollywood. I think it was in 2006 the CIA came to me to uh, write a scenario, in their words, about what would we do if we got bin Laden, because this has uh, been a subject of concern within the intelligence community. What, what if we did get him? How would we treat him? Where would we take him? Uh, would it be better to take him alive or dead? And because I had written this movie, The Siege, uh, you know, in Hollywood had done a somewhat better job of connecting the dots about um, uh, terrorism and the threat to America than the intelligence community. Uh, the CIA was reaching out to screenwriters. <laughs> did you get a call, John? Did you did you get a call from uh, the no, CIA? No, I don't understand. Maybe I missed it. Yeah, it might be in my, my spam look box. At my, look at my call list here. Such as I, as I had done. And uh, I said, well, you know, I'm a reporter. I can't go writing screenplays for the CIA. <laughs> this is so awesome, this. But I'll tell you in the form Wag of the a, dog ring a bell? Uh-huh. an op-ed for the New York Times, what I think, uh, if, we, if we were able to catch bin Laden, uh, first of all, Remember that bin Laden is the most famous man in the world. He's going to be one of the most famous men in history. So if you have the good luck to catch him, you have to deal with the legacy, not just the man. By the way, that was the thing that kind of took me on to the uh, Obama-Osama thing. If the most famous man in the world is Osama, it's kind of like you know you want to do a ripoff to have another famous person. And there's no, nothing better than to kind of come up with the same name. It's done in marketing all the time. Go on. And if you catch him, don't kill him, uh, because he'll become a martyr, which is what he seeks to be. Anyway, so that's a very long clip. You can listen to that. The, yeah, that's uh, a long clip. Yeah, well, it goes on forever. I think we should take a quick break. Can and I, then we, well, I, I, before, I need Are to, you I, still on the same topic? What, I, what? I need to laugh, because Rachel Maddow... Oh. <laughs> Was on Wait John a Stewart. You're always giving me nothing but grief if I even mention her name, let alone have a clip. Well, it's a clip of her and John Stewart. She comes on John Stewart with her glasses. You know, she has to look intelligentsia. Uh, she always has the the black. She's so black. intimidated by him; it's ridiculous. But she, like, it was so because you know the, the point of this clip is the, that the media is pre-informed about everything. Uh, that you know they have like the the equivalent of what in Gitmo Nation East they call a D notice. You can't say anything about it. But she's she's actually like propagating our memes throughout the entire interview. Short clip. Now, you can make one. Now, if you may, very quickly. Yeah. 
Can you confirm that? Because this is about uh, Bin Laden being dead. Can you confirm that? John Stewart asked. <laughs> As we saw, no, that, but that's why you know immediately you are you are talking about the objective reality that you live in. I turn on the news, and immediately you do have people saying, "Well, is he is he dead?" And you know, this it's awfully weird that it can't, do you think he did it to distract from the birth certificate? Do you, and you immediately you think, <laughs> think to yourself, "Is really that's what's living in your head? Is that? Yeah. Are you that just insane?" The idea that the birth certificate is the real story, right? And Osama bin Laden is the distraction from it, tells you everything you need to know about the people who are really invested in the birth certificate story. If you think that Osama bin Laden is the distraction that America needs, the distraction. I mean, does she even hear what she's saying? This is all distraction. She's terrible, by the way. She, yeah, I didn't realize until they fired uh, what's his name. Um, yeah, the, Obermiller. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that uh, how bad she is because he would. I think he he can he he segued into her show and kind of softened her a little bit and made it seem that she was like not nuts. But this is a nu- yeah. She just doesn't work at all. She's she's not going to last. I, I mean, I can't even watch her show anymore. She's um, you know what's so another win of this whole thing is. We get to call everyone a conspiracy theorist. If I continuously hear conspiracy, conspiracy, you're crazy. Oh, well, I got way. a better one. This has been all set up. Play my Krauthammer clip where there's not just conspiracy theory. There's another word we keep overlooking. Release them. You have to release them because otherwise the whole thing looks a little bit cooked. Not to us who are rational, but in the Middle East, which lives. But they'll still say it's on conspiracy. I mean, no matter what you do, you're going to have the kooks out there saying. No, no, it was I'm not talking about. I'm not speaking about the kooks. I'm talking about ordinary <laughs> discourse in the Middle that's East. That's good. That's good. Where were the kooks? Now, I saw kooks. someone. I saw someone else because you know the, the, what they're saying now is. The entire Middle East is built upon conspiracies. They're crazy out there because they don't believe their government. This is this is a new meme. Like the Middle yep, East, absolutely. they don't believe their government. And I heard some guy. I missed getting the clip. He said the Middle East is like all, it's a whole region of of dark haired Donald Trumps. I'm like, what? <laughs> dark haired Donald Trumps? Are you kidding me? Listen to Maddo propagate the formula a little bit more though, and then we'll move on. It's, um. It's so I, I, I think that puts that in the proper perspective. Yeah, the, the whole, like, if we don't see the pictures, none of us will ever believe that he's dead thing right. uh, is a country that I don't recognize. And you'll see that and if they show the pictures. Well, then, then where are you living, biatch? Pictures, they'll go, you see this shadow was photoshopped in, so you can tell <laughs> that it, it doesn't really do that. Did they tell you guys uh, before the president made his speech what had happened? Was the, did everyone know? And she's about to like lift the lid on how the news media actually functions. She doesn't even realize what she's saying. We, we had an understanding of what the president was going to announce, but right. not, not that far out in advance. What does that mean, not that far out? Probably half a day. I mean, not, nobody, nobody had uh, advanced planning notes for Sunday night. Something's going to happen. It wasn't like right. that at all. But once it was clear that the president was going to make an announcement, then people started getting word about what the general content of that was going to be. Right. Um, it was funny to watch yeah. people be so coy because you knew they knew and so they would go out i can i can tell you that uh, it's it's in it's it's cia <laughs> involves a very skinny man a skinny man with 
A man that you would might think. How, how can they sit here and laugh about the news media that is completely controlled by the government and won't say anything because Barack Obama has to come out and do his little show? How can they actually laugh about that? If, if, if this happens, I mean, shouldn't you just be on the air immediately reporting this? No, no, well, shut up and we'll just wait until the president has made his announcement. Otherwise, he doesn't get the ratings. He has to time it to kick Donald Trump off the air. I mean, this is crazy. Or am I it's, just nuts? Am I, am I, no, am you're I right. It's, it's not crazy. It's pathetic. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. We want to thank a few people who helped us uh, produce this show for this uh, uh, May, uh, Senko de Mayo, a special celebration. This is the Senko de Mayo show, obviously. We're doing nothing but talking about Mexican history. (laughs) And uh, let's begin with uh, Dwayne Cawthorn, who's in Austin, Texas. Thank you for the show. Keep up the good work. $111.11. He's got a, oh, he's talking about the birthday formula, which you might want to reiterate, uh, Adam. Yes. Can you explain the birthday formula that resulted in him giving us $111.11? Yeah, this is for some super extra karma. This only happens once every 823 years, where if you take the age that you are and, uh, or, I'm sorry, the uh, age that you either are or have become or will become in this year, along with your uh, birth year, the last two digits, you add that together, it will be 111. This is a very special year, uh, very um, holistic, if you will. This is for big super karma, so you can join our $11.11 a month program, uh, or you can become an instant knight, such as uh, Stephen McGrath, with your $1,111.11. Yeah, this is a very, and you, not only does it come, does that, 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 that math worked to $111, but this is a, the year that we have 11, 11, 11, which doesn't happen. That's but, right. That's so, right. And that happens in, uh, well, it's so happened it's three, weird, t- three weird times in your year. lifetime, I think, right? Weird year, including the death of Osama bin Laden. Osama. Uh, uh, Osama. <laughs> Obama bin Baba. Uh, Peter uh, Chizuski in Kirkland, Washington. Uh, hi, midterm listener. Needed of a de-douching, please? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've been de-douched. Representing Seattle, Washington and uh, Warclaw, Poland. Name is Peter Suzuki, and I want Adam to pronounce it. Oh, too late, since he is such an expert. Peter Suzuki. No limits. Worst pronunciation of my last name so far has been Suzuki. <laughs> Keep up the good work and have uh, have fun assassinating the media buzz around Osama bin Laden event. P.S. Mothership boarding pass payment coming up as well, just in case. Lovely. Ole Henry Halverson, or Ole. Uh, Clayton, Australia. Hi, John and Adam. Second time donor here. Could you please plug my Mac App Store application, Packet Scope? You want to check that out for your show? Yep. Search for Packet well, no, that's, Scope. It's a, that's a Mac app. It's not a, not an iPhone. Oh, it's app. not a Mac it's app. For, for the, okay. it, no, it's a what Mac it? app, not an iPhone app. Okay, go to packetscope.info. It's created with a no agenda producer and hosts in mind to check to see if the government's spying on you or to check to see if you have porn downloading in the background. Let you feel like a real techno expert. (laughs) Well, I don't need an app to tell me that's happening. Uh, He's going to use his proceeds toward knighthood. Uh, It's more useful and cheaper than San Francisco parking, (laughs) $66.66. Stephen Pelsmachers, oh, Baron, Baron von Pelsmachers from Belgium, is uh, in uh, this week to uh, give us double nickels on the dime with an extra penny thrown in for May 5th, 2011. Sanco de Mayo, 5 We missed that one. 
Yeah, that would have been a good giving opportunity. Oops. Yep, and so Pell's markers hit it. Uh, Brett uh, Corbett in Brisbane, Australia, calling all Aussies with the Aussie dollar at a 30-year high against the U.S. It's never been cheaper to donate, and that's a fact. That's right. I mean, it's like you're getting a huge discount. <laughs> Courtesy uh, of the show. <laughs> double nickels on the dime from him and David Lasco, Morgan Hill, California. Mickey and Bobby in the hot tub and Adam in the couch. What an image. Another great show, gentlemen. By the way, my last name is pronounced Lasco, but in Gitmo Nation's Hungary, it's pronounced Lachko. Got some karma with my first donation. Probably suffered a bout of kidney stones. Hmm. Well, don't get any more karma from us. Nick McNeil. Oh, wait, he wanted a dedouching. Hold on. You missed that. <laughs> You've uh. been dedouched. Sorry, the way he wrote that, it looked like a Polish word. I didn't pay any attention to it. Nick McNeil in Oakland, California, Inder Morgan uh, from Nick, uh, the non-stripping <laughs> Berkeley grad student. I uh, wanted to be wishing Katarina Hogg, female listener number 11, a happy birthday on May 6th. Uh, her only wish of seeing John at Montgomery Market came true one day. Oh, Monterey Market came true. Really, she saw me at Monterey Market. Interesting. Oh, did what she? Oh, wait, wait a minute. Is that is that the hottie that you saw that came up to you? Or no, that was New York, right? That was in New York. No, this this hottie didn't come up to me. Oh. Of course, and I would have. I, I did, it's a long story about Monterey foods. Monterey foods. Yeah, not that interested. Jonathan Plant. Well, you know what bothers me? You go there and these old <laughs> oh, ladies, and they got these penny purses, and they're, they're trying to check out, and they got to get exact change, so they're digging and digging <laughs> and digging to get the penny out of the uh, purse. It those old people, I hate them. And em. then, and then they have, bring their own bags, which are grimy old cloth bags. <laughs> oh, the horrors! And, and wait, and they shove the vegetables. Oh, but soon, disgusting. but soon we'll have to shove them all through the the naked body scanner when they go into the market. So it'll be even worse. You have Jonathan to wait in line. Plan in McKeesport, Pennsylvania, $53. On and off listener from DSC days, but really entertaining shows with what's going on. Would put 5111, but had to add PayPal's fee plus some. This is for Air Force One delaying my flight home from Miami last Friday and the TSA scanning my bag again for spa liquid. <laughs> Don't deserve, but a D-douche would be cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've been D-douched. And uh, we have a couple, uh, three actually, $50 donors, Nichelle Moore, uh, Robin Durden, and finally, Sir Chris Keelan, who says, or wants me to say, Ukna show 300, Heben John and Adam Justen Nodig. <laughs> what? You know, in Holland, you would never get laid. Ook na show 300 hebben John and Adam jouw steun nodig. Steun, okay. Yeah, so that means... Uh, thank everyone who donated that level in every place. Even else. after show number 300, John and Adam need your support souls. Ah. Yeah, that's what it is. So that's it. That's a shorter list than... Uh, would have been nice, but now we have a lot of good small donations that came in, and I love those. I mean, I, I I do really, you know, I just it warms my heart to see the five dollar a month donations, and uh, it, please check if you have that because PayPal mysteriously seems to kick that off with a lot of people. So we every single show, right? There's one or two that have just lost that just go away, maybe even more than that. So check if you have that. Uh, we have the eleven eleven. There's a, there's an entire page that you can find Dvorak. it. org Slash N-A. And I think uh, we uh, certainly earned our keep for this program, John. I-, I spent 
and I, and I had a, a corporate uh, schlong sucking uh, session to you know make ends meet. So I was doing this in between all this other stuff I was doing. Uh, but it was like I, I don't think I slept more than four hours a night just for all the stuff I had to go through and just route through all of the BS in the first couple of days to get to some of the real information. You know, like this uh, uh, that ambassador that uh, what's his name again? I don't care. You will care. <laughs> you will care, my friend. Are you kidding me? Yeah, we that, do have a request for a uh, Grossman. For Mark a, Grossman. How, you can, how Mark can you Grossman. say? How can you say you don't care? Uh, you know, we, 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 I was just joking. Oh, okay. We need a hot pockets call out for Quentin out there. All right. Three year old. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, so let's out. get uh, that. Was we want to thank everybody. Want to make sure you go to dvorak.org slash blog. I'm, no. I'm sorry, dvorak.org slash na, which we have a little jingle for uh, channel dvorak. Uh, dot com slash na and also the no agenda nation dot com website there's a big button that says donation click on that and help us out Shout outs to the slaves out there at Gimmo Nation. Dwayne Cothron uh, celebrates his birthday today. Katharina Hogg celebrates Hogg celebrates tomorrow. Nick McNeil uh, is the one who uh, congratulates her with uh, her birthday. And Brian Qualls wants to congratulate his wife Candace, who turns 31 tomorrow. Happy birthday and congratulations from John and Adam, your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. It's your birthday, yeah. We got one today, John. Here so, we go. Uh, yeah, this is, pull out your big uh, Arabian sword for today. That would be just Oops. perfect. <laughs> oh, did you cut yourself? Yeah, I did. I have to get a Band-Aid. Okay. Stephen McGrath, step forward, sir, as you have uh, donated a very lucky amount. Your giving level is great during this uh, very special year. 11111 is what you uh, have brought your giving level up to. In one go, we highly appreciate that. Not only will you receive a ring, but we hereby knight thee, Sir Stephen McGrath, knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. Come on over, my friend. The truth is here. All you have to do is grab it. Have a seat with all of other knights and dames. And enjoy a little... Uh... Hot pockets. Nice. <sighs> so, so as we go into the second half, is it possible now for me to play a few clips and give my theory about what happened with Ben, ben Laden? Yeah, I think we're pretty much on the same... Uh... Oh, what happened with Ben Laden? See, I don't care. But yeah, why well, I just want to—it it's, it's, seems <laughs> to be a news topic, and I want to get out. I just want to ask you the one, I, I just want to ask you the question: Dead or alive? He's—he was alive, and now he's dead. Oh, so you think he was alive? I think it's a mission within a mission. Despite the fact that he had kidney failure uh, almost no, sixteen all years ago. Crap. Okay. So let's—I mean, we we can't believe anything, but let's no, just take true. a look at some of the basics that t- took place around this particular situation. Here, I'm just going to say from I mean, the overview, then I'm going to throw up my documentation because it's basically the way we do this. Sometimes when you come up with an analysis, you do the analysis first, and you try to back it up with with what you can. I think that this was an extraction, and then it resulted in Bin Laden getting assassinated. So uh, they went to go get him because we do agree that he's a CIA asset. He's a CIA asset, and here's what happened. He was turned. He was either turned or captured by one element of the ISI, which kept him in this private. And by the way, there was an article in the Gulf News that said that this particular location used to be a safe house for the ISI. 2003, it was a safe house. 
That's that's the same well, report. See, I this saw. is an issue because the 2003 it wasn't built. The evidence, if you look at most oh, of the okay. evidence, it wasn't built in 2005. So I don't know what all that right. 2000. And all I right. saw that 2003 reference too, and I'm wondering what the hell that's all about. But there's a couple of interesting factoids that showed up, and I think is I think how they isolated him had nothing to do, for example, with uh, anybody torturing anybody. I think it had direct. Uh, connection to this particular little f- uh, fact that showed up in the one of the um, uh, Pakistani major, the New York Times of Pakistan, which is called the Don. Terrorist suspect spect went to meet Bin Laden from Indonesia. This guy, uh, Abdul Hamed, was arrested in January of this year after meeting with Osama at that safe house he was arrested by the by the pakistanis and he's been held ever since as the indonesians demand that he uh be extradited back to indonesia because he's the guy responsible he's one of the partners responsible for the 2002 bali bombings and pakistan has him and they must have known exactly what was going on because they arrested him right after this meeting so that information was passed along to the cia so this house was considered hot at that point but was uh, Osama always there? I don't think so. And here's a couple of clips that I think would be kind of interesting. We, I have two clips from the terrorism expert for um, uh, let's see where Booz, Al- Booz Allen Hamilton. Who's the Allen Hamilton? She is. She sounds very credible to a lot of stuff, and and, and she mentions that they know they people knew about this safe house and this now which I believe now since then became a prison. And I think it was easy enough to find bin Laden and his family because they were actually in a cell. There was never any evidence that they were walking around. All the satellite data shows only one guard was out there. And they were essentially locked up so you could go in and grab him. You could extract him. And by the way, the SEAL Team 6 began its history, even though it changed its name to Group Dev, as an extraction team. That is their specialty. They're not an assassination group. They're called assassins because the Democrats call them Cheney's assassins. But the fact of the matter is this is a specialty group that does nothing but extractions. They're the, they're the guys who took Aristide out of Haiti right in the middle of the mess and, and shipped them off someplace. These guys are pro at extraction. They became a unit of the SEALs in 1979-1980 when the extractors that tried to get those American hostages out of Iran failed. The U.S. government said, we need guys who are good at this. Let's put together a unit. They created these people. That's what they do. And they have uh, gazelle-like legs and no waist. They have no waist. I believe it was an extraction and I think there was a sub, I think within the extraction unit, somebody was told, I don't think it was generally known to everybody, to shoot Osama, either because he was giving information away or they didn't need him alive or something weird happened and they assassinated him, even though they were supposed to take him out of there. That's why they had the two Chinooks. They had two Blackhawks and two Chinooks, and the Chinooks were going to take everything they could out of the compound. They took all the computers and all the people they could take. Instead, they went in there. They blew up one of, they, one of their planes, fell apart, or supposedly, and it, it, they had to burn that down. The Chinook came in later. They took everybody. They took one person, apparently. They, they, nobody wants to say who. They had to shoot Obama. Or, there we go. Woo! Osama. And they did it. It wasn't assassination, but I think that was the second mission that only one guy knew about. And, and, by, the and by the way, double tap is, of course, we know what that is, right? That's an assassination. That's not like an accident. So, so that, so now here's the evidence that I believe was part had part 
it was partial in my coming up with this conclusion. Play the Booz Allen Hamilton terrorism expert, and there's a couple of interesting factoids she has. She has. And now there's a great fear inside Pakistan that uh, mo- many of the terrorists, uh, for example, Awan Zawahiri, who's our number two man, or the one who's going to replace Bin Laden, is moving to southern Punjab. And I've been on the phone with Pakistani journalists all day. And there's even though we focus so much our energy on, on Apatabad, and this is where he's been, he's lived in this compound, well, I think it would be a mistake to think that he's been in this resort town for a for long time. Long, he's yeah. been moving around. In fact, one of my sources said that it was only three d- days ago that he came to Apatabad. Before that, he was in the northern areas of Chitral, which again is another peaceful area, another resort-like uh, place, a beautiful valley of Pakistan. So I think that we need to um, pay more attention to, to areas that were not on our radar. May I ask, may I ask you a question about this, John? Um, yeah. So it sounds to me like uh, amidst, this is a possibility, amidst the personnel changes we saw in the CIA and the military, they needed to have a personnel change in uh, the extended arm of the CIA, which is Al-Qaeda, and they needed to move the number two guy up, and we had to absolutely eradicate the number one guy. Is that kind of what you're feeling? I, I would say that's a possi- That's one of the possible reasons. I think it's also that I, there could be unknown reasons why they had to shoot him, but it was obvious that when, when more of the evidence comes out that he wasn't shielding himself. He was probably ready to go. Hey, was this girl, this uh, Booz Allen terrorist expert, is she hot? She's she's got a she's hot kind of a Persian looking she's not oh, bad looking I love, I love she, Persian yeah that's uh, so that, so anyway she has more to say and there's some other PBS stuff I can add to this but I'm gonna jump back the next clip and go to the another one which kind of also shows up there's a guy named Colonel Hunt that was on O'Reilly and he has a thesis that I thought backed this this basic theory of mine up quite a bit play the Colonel Hunt thesis operation looks to be almost flawless except for the helicopter deal. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. And if I just may say something about your uh, exchange with Mike Scheuer, Bill, I, I think the reason bin Laden stayed there so long was very straightforward. He was a prisoner in a gilded cage. The Pakistani ISI had him there. He wasn't free to go. Ah. They were, in my view, keeping him there until they needed him. So it was a gentle imprisonment. Well, that's a now, pretty startling... Wait, 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 Kurt. That's a pretty startling charge you're making now, so I want to challenge and have you back it up. You're saying that the Pakistani intelligence apparatus not only knew he was there, but kept him there, that he couldn't leave for their own purposes. That's what you're saying? How can yeah. you back that up? Well, I'm saying, well, I worked with the Pakistanis at least briefly in the 90s. I've followed them for a long time. And there is no way the Inter Services Intelligence Agency, the Pakistani CIA plus equivalent, didn't know where this guy was. They just had to know. So it's, there is no doubt that the ISI knew he was there and helped him. It is my supposition that they probably, he wasn't free to go, that they were, the deal was he had to stay there and they'd protect him. Now back to the operation, which was absolutely brilliant. The most interesting aspect of it to me, apart from the incredible professionalism and proficiency, was the way the administration spinning the helicopter that had a a mechanical malfunction and which the SEALs destroyed instead of leaving it on the ground. They said, well, they didn't want al-Qaeda to get the the top secret technology. (laughs) That's not the al-Qaeda guys near that helicopter were dead. They destroyed that helicopter because they didn't want the Pakistanis to get the technology because the Pakistanis would have shared it with their real buddies, the Chinese, who would have reversed engineered it. This is a very complex you know, operation. They're, they're, the whole thing runs on I'm, three I'm, levels, I'm just going to say again, John, 
the helicopter, screw that. Unless it's a yeah, gravitational device, a it's I agree. bull crap. It's bull. And you're right. I do believe in anti-gravitational devices, but Ugh. that's this was not one of them. This was this was a so, movie set. So anyway, so my thinking is that there, that that either uh, uh, Osama was determined to be a double agent at this point, or right. he had been turned. Well, no, it's, or it's well known that Osama, you know, he also uh, took money from the Israelis. He was financed by uh, diamond dealers. I mean, the guy has been all over the map. He was a billionaire. Come on. What are we, crazy? He's from the Bin Laden family. So I think there was a, I think he was still connected to the CIA. And I think that there was, if you look at all his TV speeches and look at the days of the, uh, uh, that they were, that they took place or that they were released. I think there's a code in there that went to the CIA that said, I'm going to, I'm going to be off the grid for a while. If you don't hear from me by this day, go in and get me. Oh. And I think that code was triggered, uh, from his last speech, which I believe was the 12th or the 21st of January, which the two numbers added would be three, which means give me three months until May 1st. To hear from me, if you don't hear from me by May 1st, come in with guns blazing and save me because they've got me. So they, so May 1st rolls around, they go in with the, with the extraction team from the sea, the seal, this is the extraction unit, that's what they do, went in there to extract him, but there was a secondary uh, mission that somebody within the team was told, look, this guy, we, we can't bring him back, you're gonna have to shoot him, and one guy was. Boom, the whole thing's over. Now it looks like it was an assassination, which is kind of a, a negative uh, image of these guys because, in fact, that's not what they do. But that's what everyone wants to say they do. So it, it kind of brushes up the fact that he maybe shouldn't have been shot. He should have been captured. That what were those Chinooks doing there? And they were going to extract him, but they didn't. And the whole, but this all is covered up completely. And, I like you know, it. I like it. I like it. I really do. I, I I can't refute that. I can't say anything other than that uh, ABC News knew this all along. Well, I'll tell you, there's a bunch of clips I'm not going to play, but there were where they where they reiterate this assassination unit bullcrap, and they uh, I mean essentially they, there's one in here I would like to play if I can figure out which one it is where they decide to get a to try to they finally give uh, McChrystal. McCry- I wish I could. This is one of the PBS ones. McCry- we have to play these just to get this. McChrystal, who uh, who read the uh, script beforehand and already had planned this. Well, McChrystal, no, I think no, I think McChrystal has been on the out since he let the uh, Rolling Stone guys get him fired. Dispose of what's trying to get out. Dispose of the body. Would that be it? Uh, I want to hear that anyway. PBS dispose of the body? The things they did, for instance, was to build an entire mock compound. We're told somewhere in Afghanistan and practiced many times just going into that compound. They also, of course, planned for every eventuality, taken dead or alive, what to do with the remains, how to do quick forensic analysis so they could dispose of the body within 24 hours. And then before that final raid, of course, I, I gather there was a great debate about exactly how to try to take bin laden out absolutely jeff there were really two main options with a lot of sub options yeah so that's not it i think it might be jsoc pbs deconstruction does that sound right yeah to you? that's probably it but let me place the, the reason i gave that other clip is because there was this what this this bull crap about the muslim burial <laughs> yeah that was great in accordance with muslim tradition we threw him in the sea yeah, it's a religion that's based in the desert. Yeah, because that's where we bury all our good Muslims. But we, th- but we threw them head first. So that's good. That's the yeah. other meme that I, I started spotting a lot was the bomb. We, we, we could bomb. We could hit him with the predator. We could have bombed it. 
We could have bombed him or attacked or did this risky attack. Well, if you're doing an extraction with an extraction team, it's obvious that you never were going to bomb him. This is just another smokescreen of of bullcrap information so the public can say, oh, you know, Obama had to make this great decision when, in fact, he made no no decision and they weren't going to bomb it. I mean, they got all these computers, hard disks and all the rest of this really great potentially great stuff which would have been destroyed by bombing so why would you even think about bombing when you might have a, a treasure trove i mean the, all this the information we're being fed by the media is so skewed to toward confusion that it's just really i was more annoyed at the end of the day by the fact that this that i have any of these clips and that, that, that these people are just that it's not even worth watching the news anymore it's not worth watching anything I mean, I By had, the way, there was marijuana growing outside that compound. You know that? Yeah, uh, I did see that story, and uh, that's a good thing. Yeah. Anyway, play that other clip, and I think you have the McChrystal blast. Here's what I'm thinking. There, I'm starting to see this more and more. McChrystal, I think he's been he's been they decided to to turn him into a bad guy because he you know or a creep or something because of this situation that happened with Rolling Stone because everybody knows that he got himself out of that mess on purpose and they're not gonna they're just not gonna sit on it worked out yeah the the jsoc as it's called is a sort of military half of this operation and that's basically um it's made up of the elite units from the army navy marines and uh air force and there's all special forces and some people call them murder inc assassination inc their their uh, expertise is is assassinations this unit or this sort of joint command really hit full flower in Iraq when they were taking out top Sunni insurgent leaders and under the under the leadership of General Stanley McChrystal. Right. So let's just get one in on him. You know, um, I, I think we should, I mean, because of course, just like you, I have tons of clips and, you know, it's just, it's so boring at this point. Um, although, I, although I f- did see the entertainment value, like the stealth helicopter and all that stuff, you know, that was just uh, hilarious. Rob Lowe was on The View talking about how he flew with the hijackers, the 9-11 hijackers on his uh, on their dry run mission. Of course, he's promoting a book. Yeah. And oh, then, yeah. Then we have the Hurt Locker people who coincidentally happen to be following this. Uh, I think not. This uh, elite uh, SEAL 6 team and they got a movie coming out. If you saw the Hurt Locker, by the way, bunch of bull crap, America, America stuff. I mean, I've been to Iraq. I've been with these guys. Although very well, most short. of the guys that were involved in that, they didn't like that movie. No, and if you want, and by the stupid. way, not to, and not to belabor the point, I do have one kind of funny clip about the whole thing, which is like a real eye roller. Please tell me this is the uh, everything Adam likes no, about no, everything. No, <laughs> no? Okay. ball in Bin Laden's yard. Oh, yeah. Okay. Did you on. see that one? Yeah, it's worth playing. Hold on a second. Here we go. Osama bin Laden's house stands out, not just because of its size, and it is a very big house, huge for the area. Huge! It's also because of these high walls, 12 to 16 foot tall, and the very top of the walls are barbed fences, so you can't see into the into the compound at all. You can't see what damage was done by the operation. Absolutely no idea what it looks like inside, because you just can't see. But people in the area, locals in the area, are all pretty flummoxed and surprised by what has happened here in the last few 
few days. They say that they had no idea who lived there. A couple of people said that some of the children that were playing locally would throw their football over, as children do. And usually in this neighborhood, they just throw them back, or they come out and hand them back, or the kids run in to get them. Here, what would happen is that the balls would not be returned. Instead, somebody would come out and give the kids some money instead of returning the ball. And also, I noticed on the wall itself, and the walls around okay, the, that's good. the house you don't have itself to play are the not... Rest of it. Yeah, no, I did say so. So what is what is this? This is what for Mr. one thing. Osama, this thing Mr. is Osama. isolated in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Mr. Osama, can I can I have my balls back? Shut up, kid. Here, take a dime. Shut up and leave me alone. <laughs> Shut up and get out. Now the <laughs> other thing is this million dollar mansion, which is what they keep talking mansion. about, was a was a hellhole. Yeah. I like the word flummox, though. I think we should yeah, uh, flummox make, is a good word. make use of the word flummox a little this more. This mansion, most of the locals say that if, it, if it cost $200,000, it was a miracle. It yeah. was a shack-looking <laughs> dive. It was a mansion without internet, without telephone. It was a mansion, I tell you. It's All the information mansion. was bullcrap. They had internet. They had telephones. Everything was bullcrap. It was a bullcrap story, and this is a bullcrap media we have to deal with. The whole thing was bullcrap. How do you really feel about it, though? I don't uh, want you to sugarcoat or hold back or anything. So, to summarize, to summarize, I, I like your assertion um, about uh, the extraction team. I think that's great research. I'll, uh, I'm going to give you uh, 11 points for that. I think we both agree that uh, the media is now completely 100% uh, co-opted. There's no reason to watch it other than for entertainment value. You can either choose Chloe and Lamar. Or you can watch uh, any of the news channels or any of the news shows. There's no difference between the two. It's a big joke. Big, big joke. And unfortunately, 99% of the population is just like, hey, you know, smoke up your poppies. Go ahead. Take your Oxycontin, all, any, Codin, I should say. Take your drugs. Take your meds. Everything's all fine. It's going to be great. And we're doomed. Uh, besides that. I think we both agree that uh, the, now we're going to move into Pakistan. There is a huge war against China uh, by proxy. All war, all big wars are fought in different places. And it is all about oil with a little bit of subcontext. There's some drug stuff there. There's some mineral stuff. But at the end of the day, oil is what it's all about. And this is a, a good reminder to let you know that uh, Mr. Oil's crude oil show will be coming up uh, right after the show. <laughs> we got no agenda. We got no agenda whatsoever. Now, I do have some. Uh, should we talk about something else? We kind of done with bin laden for now did i, did okay, I summarize we're it laden. we're done for bin laden Hi, my name is kibber kibber that man we got a jingle now for timmy what the heck is that that's uh, timmy geithner's little he has a song timmy geithner is a force to be reckoned with my friend he has his own song He's been uh, on a lot of stuff in the background. So Louise Story is a journalist from the New York Times. Uh, she talks about how Timmy went to um, Andrew Cuomo. Now, Andrew Cuomo, of course, is the uh, uh, attorney general for New York. In New York or uh, attorney general, right? Am I saying that correctly? Cuomo. I thought it was the governor. Oh, the governor. I'm sorry. Um, no, this was when he was attorney general, I think. Okay. Um, because we had the huge financial uh, crisis, and uh, of course we can't have any of the bankers uh, arrested. You know that would suck because uh, where else is uh, where's Timmy going to get his paycheck from? You know the guy who can't pay his taxes. You know the guy who like lied and was confirmed anyway, and is just a little little shill. He's the kind of kid you beat up and you beat up in the schoolyard and you urinated on him. Timmy. Timmy. Sounds like the Timmy. beaver. He, well, yeah, same difference. Ah, Timmy.
Okay. So okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, I dug in with one of my colleagues, Gretchen Morganson, to look at what the regulators did in terms of enforcement back in 07, 08, 09, as the crisis was starting. And what we found was a real reluctance at the DOJ, the SEC, to really dig in and go after these cases because they were first and foremost focused on stabilizing the system. And because they did not put a ton of new resources or efforts in going into enforcement cases several years ago, we don't have those cases now. You write about a meeting between Timothy Geithner, then head of the Federal Reserve, and Andrew Cuomo, then Attorney General of New York, where they had this conversation. The idea was we have to be worried about stabilizing the banks, not worried about placing blame. Well, take yourself back to that moment. It was October 2008. It was a few days after the government introduced a $700 billion bailout of the banks, and they, people were very nervous. And so this was a very unusual meeting. The head of the New York Fed, Geithner, comes in to meet with Cuomo, who, you know, the New York Attorney General is usually Wall Street sheriff. And so comes in to meet with him and really talks about how fragile the situation is. What we saw after that was Andrew Cuomo really didn't make any major cases related to the financial crisis and the banks, um, even though he had a lot of evidence in that area. And so, you know, it's unclear if he would have acted differently if he hadn't had the meeting with Geithner. He said in a statement to us that he did not slow down because of the meeting, but it's a meeting that I've heard about from three different people who said that it did make a big impression on the Attorney General Cuomo at that time. I keep wondering if we're missing the Avenger, if we're missing that Andrew Cuomo, the Attorney General, that Elliot Spitzer, now that he's a cable host, <laughs> they, Rudy Giuliani, the person who has decided to dig in and make this a priority. Is there... Yeah. Duh! Doesn't... <laughs> the woman is so stupid. Oh, oh, I don't understand. We don't have anyone looking out for our interest for the slaves because, you know, we got... Timmy! 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 All right. Timmy Geithner. I hope, he, I hope he rots in hell. So he's not dead. Not so yet. here's well, the, the other interesting thing yet. that yeah. took place this last few days that we're, you know, we should probably give a call out to is the Canadian elections. Yes. Uh, we've had lots of our producers in Gitmo Nation, Great, Great White North, uh, who said, uh, hey, you're not the only guys who are doomed. <laughs> we're doomed as well up here as a uh, Harper now, of course, uh, Took uh, over the place. Took over the place. And uh, this uh, is, uh, WikiLeaks came out at the same time with, uh, I'm going to pull this up here, with a, a nice little document. Did you see this document? No, tell me. This is the North American Initiative, uh, which is, uh, here it is, important revelations, courtesy of WikiLeaks, just in time for the Canadian election. Uh, we have this uh, cable that came out uh, revealing that, uh, the plan has been to create a single market, a single currency, and uh, obviously a dropping of the border without actually dropping the border, just be a financial drop. And the Amero. The, exactly. And this is supposed to be um, an incremental approach. And boy, it has been exactly that. We've been talking about it on the show. You know, we have the president going up there. Then they say, well, you know, we're going to make a little deal uh, where, you know, we, can, of course, can't put American troops on the streets because that would be against the Posse Comitatus Act. So what we'll do is we'll agree if we got something bad going on here, then Canadian troops can be on our streets. If there's something going on up there, then American troops can be on your streets. And this is now, it's a fact. I mean, this is an actual cable, the North American. 
American initiative, and here we are. Hey, you know what? I'm happy that we'll finally be <laughs> well, united. the Mexican troops come in. They're taking over the place anyway. Yeah, well, that's going to happen next. But this is uh, this is Canada and uh, Americana. And uh, again, it's a single market, single currency. And what else do they have up there, John, that's of interest to us in Canada? What uh, Number one provider to the United States what, of... Uh, what could it be? Of uh, oil. Oil. Lots of oil. Lots and lots. Of black gold. And as the price goes up, they haven't even... They, it turns out that they have even more because they have these oil shale, oil sands, or they got this other oil which they can extract if the price goes past a certain point. It's just awesome. And you know, I'm happy that we'll, but the only problem is we won't actually be able to go up and visit easily cuz not like it'll be open. You no, still no. you still have to go through an x-ray scanner, a naked body scanner before you go in or out of Canada. It's just amazing. And so this, anyway, so one party was completely destroyed, the Bloc Québécois, which is one of the oldest traditional kind of, you know, pro-French split the country uh uh, parties they're done and then the liberals which have always been the either in power i mean they're mostly in power or they're the opposition they got shipped to third place <laughs> and this new democrat party which is essentially a bunch of communists mm-hmm. uh which believe you know in global warming and we shouldn't do this and we shouldn't do that they have all the just like a litany of all the cornball stuff they have. Uh, they were uh, came in second, and in fact, they could have won the whole thing, except for the many of the liberals decided to the way the analysis goes decided to vote conservative and get keep Harper in because they're scared to death of this guy Jack Layton. Do they have uh, what kind of uh, voting machines they have up there in Canada? I don't know. That's a good question. One of our Canadian can, can, Canadiana uh, <laughs> Canadianas can tell tell us what material they're using. <laughs> so, but anyway, so things are interesting up there. That's for sure. No, it's, but the, it's I, I do have a clip because there was a fifth party, which is now also gone, mm-hmm. uh, called the Green Party. Oh. And so this woman comes, but they're toast. But this, oh, sorry, this woman comes up, and wait, yeah, let me just set it up. This woman comes up to complain about how nobody pays any attention to them, and the media kept marginalizing them. And they, and, and just as she's starting to complain about the media, they cut her off. The Green Party is down from its last showing in two thousand and eight. Uh, how concerned are you about that? Even though we don't know the result here, that was almost inevitable given what the media consortium did in shutting us out of the debates and then not covering any of our platform or positions throughout the election campaign. So we were very concerned throughout that across Canada, Canadians weren't hearing anything about the Green Party through the entire election. At the same time, you did decide to focus much of your national campaign on getting you elected here. And thank God for that, because we wouldn't have gotten any coverage if we hadn't. How can you have if the Conservatives win a majority? I don't think at this point we know enough to All know right, Elizabeth May is speaking out in British Columbia, still waiting for the results from her riding. You know, there's something good... That- there's something else that um, that you, I love it. Yeah, that's fantastic. When when you watch a, a debate, and uh, for some reason, you know, I have like I have two TVs in the house, and uh, the one that records is always uh, on C-SPAN, and the one that doesn't record because I can't really afford another. Oh, this is your basic complaint: three thousand dollars a month for CNN. Um, but whenever there's two uh, two parties, and and someone's like actually making some sense, here's what what the host always says: We're going to have to leave it there. 
All right, I love that. We're going to have to leave it there because we're running out of time. We're going to have to leave. But it's consistent. Whenever they want to cut someone off, here's the new cutoff word. Uh, we're going to have to leave it there, gentlemen. Thank you so much for uh, for showing up. We're going to have to leave it there. And why? By the way, we, why? Why do you have to leave it there? Because they're a commercial operation. This is why we do our show the way we do it. And I want to encourage people to continue to support us because you have to if you want to get this kind of, you know, analysis. That's what we do. We, that's all we do, actually. Uh, if you want this sort of analysis, you're going to and, and slamming the media. If you if you like that sort of thing, you really do have to help us out. Yes, you do. Now, another thing I've noticed. Otherwise, we're going to have to just leave it there. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll just John, we have to leave it there. We'll just have to sign off and that'll be it. Um, <laughs> this is great. So the uh, the number of code 33s have increased fivefold in the past week. Oh. Oh yeah. I mean it's out of control. Katie And Perry. by the way, code th- now she mentioned I never thought about this before the 33s, but code 33 specifically refers to officer down. Really? I didn't know that. I know what yeah. code 44 is. Do you know what code 44 is? No, what is code 44? That, that's when you're in a parade and the horse pooped. You have to step over it. That's a code 44. <laughs> so code 33, Katy Perry. Uh, you may not know who she is, John, but she's a quite I a, know who Katy Perry is. Quite a famous singer. Uh, she tweets, what does it mean when you see the number 33 all the time? I've seen it over seven times today alone. So when this starts to happen... Whoa. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Let me give you a couple. I'm just going to run down the list. Iraqi official says nine killed, 33 wounded. Car bomb explodes in Baghdad neighborhood. Archel Daniels, Midland profit meets expectations. Revenue surges 33%. Oxif profit rises 33% on higher management fees. Sham University president indicted on 33 counts. Man gets 33 months for disclosing UMC patient records for personal gain. Magellan Midstream Partners profit grows 33% per unit. Sinclair Broadcast Group, Sinclair Profit rises 33% first quarter. Qatar to acquire 33% stake in Cargolux. 33 companies a week went bust in the first third of the year. Yemen protesters urge not to raise bin Laden banners. President in charge for 33 years. Raid on bin Laden was live blogged by 33-year-old programmer. Uh, General Probe poised to gain 33 in mergers. Profits prove superior. Whole Foods profits rises 33%. Full year forecast increased. Uh, only 33% of India's hunger children cover under, covered under ICDS. 33-year-old uh, I mean, Phillips Carbon Black Q4 net down 8% at 33 uh, rumbais. <laughs> Uh, as Central China Bank to drain 33 billion won via 28-day bond purchase. Hello, number 33. Well, something's up. Well, this- I don't think that 33 is an announcement that they took out uh, Osama. But um, no. something that that's there's too many now. This is not good. Couple of things. So, um, even though it's kind of going back, it's just the Ministry of Truth. I guess some shadow puppet theater stuff as well. That's kind of interesting. So, um. This Audrey Thomason, by the way, the the mystery, the Martha Quinn woman in the picture, we have to keep her. We have to find out more about her. Uh, she's very mysterious. You can Google her all you want. You can, there's very little known about her and why she was in the back there poking her little mousy head out. I, I, it, it irritates me. So we need some help from our. Uh, <laughs> it irritates. It does. <laughs> now, now, did, okay. do you know that Admiral Admiral Mike Mullen? who was uh, standing right behind uh, the president. Uh, he had the brown shirt on. Do you know his family history? 
Uh, I think I once did, but I don't. I, you, you might as well rebrief me. His father, and this is from an NPR story, our national treasurer. His father um, was a huge Hollywood publicist who's um, Jack Mullen. His clients included Bob Hope, Jimmy Stewart, Phyllis Diller, Carol Burnett. No wonder the guy is in there. He's a PR mm. shill. He's grown up with understanding how PR works. This is this is just amazing to me. That's funny because he looks kind of like a classic Doesn't Hollywood he? PR <laughs> guy. <laughs> Doesn't he just look like it? Yeah. Like one of those douchebags? Yeah. Yeah. Hill and Knowlton is on the... As, I, I don't have all of the... Uh, uh, all of the announcements, but they're like they're expanding their business. They got so many different uh, uh, clients; it's just unbelievable. Um, let's see uh, what I have. Eh, I got a couple other things. What do you got, John? It's just uh, you got, I, you most got of the stuff is still leftover uh, Osama stuff. I mean, uh, uh, do I have anything that's a little off the? Because I just felt we we're going to oh, spend. Oh, I have something. Oh no, I have. Of course, I had to do this. This is the Ministry of Truth. Uh, Julian Assange. 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 We have to, in the milieu, we say Assange. And he was interviewed by uh, Russia today. Once again, now, I have to say, uh, the girl who interviewed him, hotness factor, eight, not blonde, not Russian. But uh, they're getting some of the idea. Um, you know, I, you know, I don't mind if they try to go with the brunettes, but the fact of the matter is, it's, you, you, I think you're dead right. It's got to be blondes and they should have a phd or have two law degrees or something like that yeah. and you know they do exist that's the joke of it i mean these people that they have on fox these women they've got master's degrees and phds in law and they have all these weird backgrounds and, and educational backgrounds and they're beautiful there's there are women you could go to a graduate school and you'll find these beautiful women that if you're smart you could go in there probably proposition them not for sex but for a job at fox and they take it um, did you know that uh, Aaron Burnett is leaving uh, CNBC? She's going to go to work for a think tank? No, nope, she's going to CNN and she'll have uh, her own show. Oh, that's a mistake. For her, it's a big mistake. She's looking disheveled, though, by the way. She's not looking that good. I think they're working her too hard. Maybe that's why she's quitting. <laughs> I mean, she'll get yeah. a bigger audience at CNN. CNBC has a, is, a, is a better healed Actually, a much it's a well. She, it's a, well, she's the CF, audience. Is she's council on foreign relations, so she has to be uh, part of propagating the message. Well, she has to be told yeah. where to go, yeah. and this, she's yeah. going. So here's uh, Julian Assange uh, talking about uh, the techno experts and our social media. The social networking. What role do you think sites like Facebook and Twitter have played in the revolutions in the Middle East? How easy would you say it is to manipulate media like that? Facebook, in particular, um, is the most appalling spying machine that has ever been invented. Um, here we have the world's most comprehensive database about people, their relationships, their names, their addresses, their locations, um, their communications with each other, their relatives, all sitting within the United States, all accessible to US intelligence. Facebook, Google, Yahoo, all these major U.S. organizations have built-in interfaces for U.S. intelligence. It's not a matter of serving a subpoena. They have an interface that they have developed for U.S. intelligence to use. Now, is it the case that Facebook um, is actually run by U.S. intelligence? No, it's not like that. It's simply that U.S. intelligence is able to bring to bear legal and political pressure to them, 
and it's costly for them to hand out records and uh, one by one. So they have automated the process. <laughs> Everyone should understand that that they, when they add their friends to Facebook, they are doing free work for United States intelligence agencies in building this database for them. Hey, let's talk about. Uh- I love that. Well, this is interesting because I wrote a column on this specific quote. Uh, I think it was a couple of days ago. And uh, then we did the X3 show, uh, x3show.mevio.com, about this topic. And uh, I didn't know it came from Russia today. It's funny that you have it. Well, that's not a coincidence. We're uh, in tune with each other like uh, two married people. So the... And so the... Uh, <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> hey, man. And, hey, man. And don't so the... <laughs> I think he's dead on. I, you know, I've always felt this way. And it's funny that the, the reaction you get to is, oh, so what, you know, is what you get from the American public, which we've completely lost sight of, of any. So I, I mentioned in my column that I use Facebook for due diligence. I use it to track people because I'm a journalist. I got to find out, you know, what's going on. If I'm going to meet with somebody, I usually check them out. I use Flickr to see what, you know, what photos are posted about people, see if, what if kind of person are, yeah, if they're hot or not. Well, maybe. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is that these things are all available as tools. And I can see that there being some special tool, an Uber tool, a meta tool. I mean, there are products like Nimble, which I plugged in the column, which is something that kind of consolidates a bunch of these things. And uh, you can, you know, it's just obvious to me. And I've always been baffled by the fact that people are so free with giving up very personal information, like what they're doing, where they're going, what their schedule looks like, you know, who they met, who they're seeing. I mean, this kind of thing is, uh, for intelligence agencies, has got to be a gold mine. makes their job easier. I just thought it was really nice that, uh, uh, that Julian Assange says, you know, you're doing work on behalf of them. <laughs> like, yeah, this is fantastic. It's really, so really good. They're also doing work on behalf of our show. Yes, this is true. Now, there were a couple of uh, weird announcements um, and it, you know, I'm I follow I I subscribe to all the RSS feeds of the White House. The, you know, the hubris of these guys—they're so crazy, and particularly the blog team. Because you know, the blog team is led by these little uh, these little heel nippers, right? They all want to be, hey, I'm gonna be president one day. I'm doing it, putting work. <laughs> Ankle biters. Ankle biters, right? And uh, so, but they slip up a lot, and they and they do stuff that is not necessarily. I mean, the whole White House, of course, blows. Because, you know, they, they're not in control of what the CIA and the, and the military is really doing. This is why they had to come out and change all their stories and all that. So there was a um, key administration post uh, announcements. And these things are always slipped in during big things. And I'm always paying attention to them. So at first there was this, and this was two days ago, Tony D'Agostino, a uh, member, uh, will become a board of director of the Securities Investor Protection Corporation, whatever that is, Janice Eberly, Assistant Secretary for Economic Policy. Now, these people are, you know, they're the typical shills, banker, etc. But then there was like, uh, and it's gone now. It's been taken off the website, uh, off White House. At least I can't find it. But there was a little announcement that, so they resent this press release about D'Agostino and Eberly with an addition, the uh, new U.S. Ambassador to Afghanistan is Ryan Crocker, Council on Foreign Relations, former ambassador to Iraq and Pakistan. He's now going to be the new ambassador to Afghanistan, replacing uh, Army Lieutenant General Carl Eikenberry, also Council on Foreign Relations. 
And the reason why this guy is interesting is he has been a, you know, like CIA shill for three administrations. And, you know, once again, just just slipped right in. And it's funny, though, because they announced they didn't announce it first. Then they announced it. And now the announcement is gone. It's really weird. What is uh, what is happening? The White House is in total shambles. They they don't know what to do anymore. They don't know how to do it. I don't even think that the president is making these uh, uh, these appointments. You know, it's just it's 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 uh, what's his name, the Petraeus or whatever. You know, whoever's in charge, Rumsfeld for all I care. Cheney, Cheney could be calling yeah, I watched the shot. Rumsfeld. He was on uh, O'Reilly or one of these shows, and Rumsfeld. And I, every, I'm watching him now with it in mind. My wife's thesis that he's been shot up with Botox, mm-hmm. so you can't, so he can't express himself. And I watched his eyebrows would just like frozen, <laughs> barely move. Right? <laughs> yeah, he's just like a, his whole face is like, uh, 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 it's like a, uh, just an uh, ounce uh, away from or an inch away from being a robot. Now, along along with uh, this announcement uh, comes more, because it's uh, never alone, of course. Shadow Puppet Theater. John Ashcroft, now in charge of Blackwater's ethics. (laughs) You got that one. That's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to explain who John Ashcroft is, please, John? He used to be, I think he may have been the first or second director of uh, the DHS and Homeland Security. Yep. when it was just being formative, when it was just in formative years before it's be- become the secret police. And by the way, on the next show on Sunday coming up, I do have, a, I do have, I made a lot of clips, obviously, but I have a couple that I'm saving, including one that is going to just, you're going to go, oh, great. Cool. And it's going to be a DHS Lucy Napolitano clip that is going to be an eye roller. Oh, that's- nice. Oh, nice, 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 nice. Um, there's a whole bunch of high-speed rail stuff that I, I don't think we should. I'll save that for Sunday. It'll keep. Don't worry. <laughs> it's all good. Some biodiversity stuff. Um, I do want to mention for the United States of Europe, Portugal has now, uh, you know, they've done their bailout deal. And uh, I guess it's 78 billion euros. Kiss goodbye to everything. You'll be walking to work. <laughs> the austerity <laughs> measures are amazing. It's like, forget about it. You're not going to fly. You can't drive. Everything's shutting down. And you'll work forever, and you're going to walk to work. Uh, well, the Portuguese really... Well, the Portuguese and the Spanish, for some reason, are getting off easy because both of those countries soaked the EU, and I think wisely so. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, these guys aren't stupid. I mean, these are... We have to remember both Spain and Portugal were once world powers yes and they still have certain mentalities that you know we'll never understand because their type of world power and domination is different they're they're a different kind of mentality that we ever had or the british let's say or even the dutch actually i'm I mean, sorry these, it's, it's actually uh, it's more it's like 110 110 billion i've looked at this this situation and it's and it seems to me to be vague as to what the amount really is well it says 78 billion euros so it's actually closer to 110 billion dollars um, and uh, th- so the major cuts are coming in the two places where, of course, you need to cut the most health and education. <laughs> so die <laughs> yeah. and don't and be stupid. <laughs> That's kind of the message. Well, they were definitely going after when I was there, which is just a couple of years ago. They were going after the education. They were throwing a lot of money at education and but doing it wisely, not throwing it away like we tend to do. And uh, I don't think they want the Portuguese to be that smart. So it's probably uh, in the best interest of the EU to keep the Portuguese dumb and barefoot. Haiti, by the way, uh, just amazing. Cholera surge in Haiti feared 
food prices rising. They're going to, you know what? Here's how we solve cholera. Let's starve them so they can't actually <laughs> poop. This is great. And then Bill Clinton comes out and says, uh, we need more transparency of what's happening with the relief money in Haiti. This is, this is the, the, the gall of this guy to say that. And this is what he said to the UN Security Council. You know, we really, uh, we really need more transparency. We need uh, more transparency in the money. A douchebag. I'm gonna give me a douchebag. Douchebag. The total. It's about time we haven't had the douchebag theme. Much not, this, not, not considering the show's been nothing but about douchebags. Yeah. Um, let me see if there was any other uh, fun stuff. I think that was the the main. St- I think we covered some of the news today, John. I think I think we kind of yes. Got I it. think we can put the Bin Laden thing behind us. I would like and, to. I would really like to. Yeah, Although, we do. Spent, it's too time consuming. Unfortunately, it's going to be in the news lab. But now it's going to be just disinformation of all sorts, and it's going to be something we could ignore. There's other things to talk about. And there's other things going on. And this 33 meme is bothering me. Yeah, I do have a clip for the end of the show. This uh, the, the the Napolitano rant. Uh, uh, end of the show clip, which is a little, it's a good long rant. Uh, this guy is, you know, completely, uh, I think he's right on with most of his assertions about the legality of all the stuff that we're doing. And the fact of the matter is that the country's going down the tube is basically what he's saying. And it's a very good job of it. And uh, we got Sunday coming up, which will be, I uh, hope people will support us over the next few days and um, continue uh, contributing and becoming executive producers on their way to the 333 Club, which will be our next uh, big push for the. Uh, Show number 333, which is coming up in about uh, 30, 30, 15 weeks. So the uh, two big things that I will be focusing on, which are not to be downplayed, new research from the Journal of American Medicine, uh, A-Holes, J- JAMA, uh, finds that uh, salt does not kill you if you eat too yeah, much. Yeah, I know. This is controversial. Yeah. So, uh, but I, you know, we just somebody did, stopped paying off somebody. Yeah, exactly. We just didn't have the time really to go into research where this is coming from, but it was a big story because, you know, the new study, new research. So I think you're Sunday. right. Yeah. Someone was not paying. The same time Cargill has uh, introduced Premier Light Salt, John. Premier Light. So there's, uh, so, you know, <laughs> use less. <laughs> yeah. Use less, indeed. And then uh, the other big story is uh, the Alzheimer's thing. So they're working really hard on the vaccinations. There now appears to be an uh, obesity link with Alzheimer's. There's a blood test you can take and to find out if you're if you, if you're prone to Alzheimer's. So uh, be on the lookout uh, for the Alzheimer's um, meme and for the vaccine. Uh, also, uh, U.S. has ordered more uh, anthrax vaccine. So all around, it's just... Uh, it's great. Uh, we will try to be your guiding light amongst all of the burkrapiness that is taking place uh, because I don't know where else to get it. In fact, yeah. I, I enjoy just listening to you for my own sanity. I think it really helps. And uh, once again, nice to not have to talk to you until uh, Thursday. That's uh, Sunday. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of, that's that's a big bonus of the way we I set this up. that's true. Yes. It's, it's, it's what I'm saying. It's like being married, only better. <laughs> right? Um, uh, yeah. Here, okay. I'm not saying anything. Right. So Mr. Oil coming up with the Crude Oil Show after our end of show clip. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, remember, just laugh, okay? You're on the inside. You know it's all bull crap, so you can just laugh. Don't go crazy, please. Coming to you from uh, the Hilltop Watertower Crackpot Command Center here in Gitmo Nation West, the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, everybody, my name's Adam Curry. 
And you, thanks for listening to our Sanco de Mayo celebration. <laughs> I'm here in Northern Silicon Valley. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Sunday for early morning service right here on No Agenda. Does the government work for us or do we work for the government? The Constitution lets the president set the nation's foreign policy. Does he know what he's doing? Tonight, President Obama and the rule of law. The more we learn about the killing of Osama bin Laden, the more questions naturally arise. Initially, John Brennan, the president's counterterrorism czar, told the nation on Monday morning that bin Laden was armed and fired at our SEALs who had invaded his house. Mr. Brennan also told us that bin Laden used his wife as a human shield and pushed her between himself and the SEALs after they had entered their dwelling. It was clear that the administration, with an eye on the Constitution and federal law, was actually attempting to make the case that bin Laden initiated the violence that resulted in his own death. Obviously, whether lawfully present or not, the SEALs would have been right to have returned fire if it had been initiated against them. Last night, we learned that Mr. Brennan's version of the events at the scene was being abandoned by the White House. Last night, we learned that bin Laden was not armed, did not shoot at the SEALs, did not use any person as a human shield, and did not pose any resistance. Now, you might ask, what difference does any of this make? He was a monster who admitted killing 3,000 innocent Americans, and he got what he deserved. If that is your view, then you should reevaluate your respect for the rule of law, for transparency in government, and whether you want the president to have the powers of a king. Under the law, the entry of our troops into the sovereign territory of another nation without a declaration of war against that nation or permission from that nation is illegal. Under the law, sending troops to arrest and capture a person wanted for mass murder and directing those troops to bring the person here is lawful, and American courts have sanctioned that. But under the law, sending troops to kill someone is unlawful. It violates at least four treaties, three federal statutes, an executive order that the president himself signed. It violates basic American values, the rule of law, and the Constitution. The rule of law requires all Americans to follow the law, no matter who they are or what the circumstances may be. The law allows the president to capture and to charge someone, but it simply does not permit him to kill someone he should arrest. If that were not the law, then nothing but popular opinion could stop the president from killing whoever he wanted. The framers themselves specifically feared this, as they knew the propensities of European kings to kill whomever they wished and to claim it was done for safety's sake. Thus, the framers wrote into the Constitution, and their successors in Congress wrote into federal law, prohibitions of the very behavior that the president authorized and directed on Sunday night. Now, the president himself surely knows this. He taught constitutional law at one of the best law schools in the country. But he violated the law in order to get bin Laden. If the president thinks he can kill on his own volition, what else can we expect of him? Well, earlier today, he announced that he will not release photos of bin Laden taken after his death. The president derives his powers from us. We can't keep evidence from him. How can he keep what we need to know and have a right to see from us?
We know that he has engaged us in a war in Libya without the consent of Congress as required by the Constitution. And just like with the killing of bin Laden, has given, his team has given us conflicting explanations for doing that. First, he told us that our troops in Libya were engaged in a humanitarian mission, that somehow by destroying the Libyan Air Force, which obviously means killing members of the Libyan Air Force, the U.S. could save lives. Then, without the consent of Congress, he ordered bombing the Libyan government, he said, to help the rebels oust the Libyan dictator Gaddafi. He said that NATO will be in charge of the pursuit of Gaddafi. Then he realized that the U.S. effectively owns NATO, and he'd be responsible for what NATO did. Then he permitted NATO to kill three pre-teenage children, innocents who just happened to be the grandchildren of Colonel Gaddafi. Then Secretary of Defense Gates and Secretary of State Clinton announced that we really don't know who the rebels are, but we like them better than we do Colonel Gaddafi. Then WikiLeaks revealed that some of the rebel leadership consisted of former detainees at Gitmo, and some were well-known terrorists and mercenaries from the Middle East known as the Mujahideen. Then the president decided to send these rebels $25 million in non-lethal aid, such as medical supplies, uniforms, boots, and radios. This is the same president whose Justice Department is prosecuting a man here in New York for aiding terrorists by sending raincoats to the same Mujahideen. Do you see the pattern with President Obama? Do as I say, not as I do. Free speech for thee, but not free speech for me, but not for thee. I am free to do as I wish to get reelected. The Constitution be damned. America, these are dangerous times in which we live. And only fidelity to first principles will keep us free. Those principles require very simply, that the president comply with the Constitution and obey the laws just like the rest of us. From New York, defending freedom every night of the week. So long, America. Squirrel. Dvorak.org slash N-A.